Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Hows, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders. Your vision, their experience delivered. All right, here we go. Jesse Forbes and Mike Smith. Both of these gentlemen I've known for a long time. They're both accomplished athletes. Jesse is a um, pajama wrestling black belt, also known as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Uh, he won a world title as a brown belt, uh, wrestling college, has a very good background in um, combat sports. He fought uh, in the UFC, was on the Ultimate Fighter, great guy, dog lover, father, all that good stuff. Love Jesse to death. We're, we're going to talk uh, about that journey. And then our other guest is Mike Smith. Mike Smith is also an accomplished wrestler, uh, also a practitioner of uh, the Pajama Jammy Jams, I like to call it, PJJ or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, Mike is part of the TRT team, is a FEMA dog handler, um, and a bunch of other stuff. So today's episode will be good to talk about um, athletics and wrestling and a little bit of fire department stuff and leadership and how to build a team and all those things that make you successful throughout those years. So uh, here we go, Jesse Forbes and Mike Smith. Uh, Mike Smith, uh, 36 years old, married to my high school sweetheart. We've been uh, been together almost 20 years now. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> she has tougher me, that's for sure. Um, we got two kids together, uh, Ellie and Hudson. Uh, she's a competitive dancer. He plays football and does jujitsu. Um, yeah, other than... Uh, born and raised in Arizona? Uh, we were born... I was born in Vegas. Moved here when we were nine. We're in Vegas. Uh Right off the strip. Really? Yeah. Uh, lived there till we were nine. Makes a lot of not sense. A, now. Not a great place to grow up as a kid <laughs> if you want to keep your innocence. Uh, but uh, no, moved here to Gilbert when there was 15,000 people in the town. There was nothing out here. Oh, geez. So uh, yeah, I grew up out in the bubble, out in the East Valley bubble, and uh, went to high school at Highland, and then went to ASU and Harvard of the South. Harvard of the South. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yeah, got on with, the, uh, with that place. And uh, yeah. yeah. That's how we started. Jesse, how about you? Uh, Jesse Forbes, I'm 34. Um, yeah, I'm married. I got a little boy. His name's Odin. He's nine, Sweet name. Ni- 19 months. And then uh, my wife's pregnant with our second little girl due in December. Awesome. Uh, let's see. My wife's a police officer. She's pretty awesome. Motor uh, Motorcycle motor, officer, right? M- motorcycle popo. Yeah. So, yeah, she's she's a real deal. Um, what else? Uh, moved here in, like, 92. Bounced around a lot as a kid. Born in Portland, lived in the UK or Portland, Maine. Lived in the UK for a while. You did? I didn't know mm-hmm. that, dude. Yeah, five years in Scotland. Really? Yeah. Awesome. No wonder why you're such an angry drinker. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, 
yeah, grew up in for the most part in Tempe and fought, like you said, for a while, wrestled all through high school, college, do jujitsu now for fun and compete every now and again and work for the Phoenix Fire Department. Sweet. Um, so let's talk wrestling then. So when did you start wrestling, Mike? Uh, we started wrestling, my brother and I have an identical twin. Um, Dude, like super identical. Super identical. Like I've talked to so many guys that on other fire departments, like Chandler and stuff like that. And, they're, and we talk about you and your brother and like, they're like spitting everything. I'm like, I did the same thing. I was like in the bar, came up, gave him a big old bear hug. He's like, who in the fuck are you? I'm like, Mikey. You're like, nope. <laughs> yep. twin brother. I had a guy at Costco come and grab me on a rear naked choke and I hit him in the nuts <laughs> and thought I was my brother. <laughs> we're, I thought we were going to square off. But... Um, uh, we started wrestling. We tried to wrestle when we were in second grade in Vegas and hated it. I just absolutely hated it. And then when we moved here, we uh, Highland has a holiday wrestling camp. Gotcha. And uh, so Chris went to the camp because I thought I didn't want to wrestle. And so he went, and then he came back, and we started wrestling on the trampoline. He beat the shit out of me. You're like, nope. So, nope, <laughs> we're not doing that. And so uh, we both uh, went to the holiday wrestling camp the next year, and then Basically started wrestling in seventh grade gotcha. at uh, Gilbert Jr. Did your dad wrestle? Nope. No one, no one in our family ever really played sports. Right. Um, so it was just uh, – di- basically didn't make the basketball team. Oh, yeah. Uh, oddly enough. Those. Yeah, that's how we all wrestle, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went out for wrestling, and, uh, yeah, that's everyone right. makes the team, and it's just uh, – yeah. Whether you enjoy getting your ass kicked a lot or not. And yeah, did you have instant success or no? Or no, I was here for a while. Or? I was terrible up until sophomore year in high school. We got okay. our asses kicked, and we went to uh, Iowa wrestling camp between freshman and sophomore year at the University of Iowa. Right, and got to watch like the Brands brothers and Lincoln McElravey. He was training for the Olympics. Gotcha. And uh, I don't know what it was about that camp, but it like it, it clicked. It clicked. Yeah, yeah. And we were there with like you know guys like Ben Askren and CB. Um, C.P. Schlater, gotcha. you know, some big names that were kids at the time. And, yeah, completely know, but, out of their minds back then, too. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so Common thread, common yeah. theme. Um, in, in, uh, in junior high, like, did you not have good coaches? or No, we had great coaches. Uh, the first year we had this uh, Coach Barnes. His kid actually was a national champ from Oklahoma State. Um, and he fought in the UFC a little bit in the earlier, earlier days. Chris Barnes was his name. And then the second year, we had the Jobes as our coaches, and they ended up uh, going to high school with us, uh, the younger ones, and the, the brother, older brothers were the coaches. Um, but no, we just, uh, you know, not athletic at all. So it was just... Uh, yeah, I'm calling bullshit on it's that. It's one of those yeah. things that... <laughs> <laughs> I know you. We played basketball together. Come on, you're <laughs> athletic. So it was just one of those things. I think just with wrestling, it just takes time, you know? And yeah. It's, it's one of those uh, sports of persistence. If you... You stay with it and you bust your ass. You'll you may not be the best, but you'll be pretty damn good. It's work, right? Yeah, you yeah. definitely have to work at it. I don't like. I don't know any other. Well, I mean, I haven't played very many sports besides that, but that's one sport where there's just no like you can go off talent for a bit, and then if you're not conditioned or if you're not you know if your shit isn't right, you're gonna get your ass handed to you oh, by yeah. someone that's that's put in a lot more work than you for sure. Absolutely, it's different when you get to college, but because everybody works hard then, but definitely like coming up for sure. And then, uh, do you remember your junior high record or anything like that? Uh, it was a lot of losses, very few wins. Yeah, I sucked too in junior high, dude. It was hor- I was horrible. I was a fat little kid. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get any of my strength until I think I started. Yeah, I started as a freshman in high school at fourteen. So, Man. but yeah, but I hit my spurt pretty quick um, after that. And then Jesse, did you wrestle? And in, in, uh, did you? When did you start wrestling? And how? You know what? I remember I went to my first wrestling like holiday camp in the fifth grade and. 
I kind of had a similar experience as Mike. Like, it was okay. I didn't really know anything about it. I knew one move, the headlock. Yeah. I, I hit a couple hit kids with it, and then they hit me with it, and I was like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. <laughs> and then I wrestled in sixth grade because uh, actually I got in trouble at school. I don't even think I told my parents, but the 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 you know the deal was you can either go out you can try wrestling or we can you know do paperwork type of thing for a I think a little uh, you know a little scrap that I had gotten in in sixth grade so, so different back then yeah I remember going <laughs> home and like hey I I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm gonna wrestle my parents are kind of like you sure I'm like yeah it's better than the alternative getting grounded for a month you know I didn't say it right. so anyway I, I went got my ass beat and I loved it <laughs> yeah I got worked over just everyone was just taking turns on me just pushing me around shoving me around making me. They're bitch. So I, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's one of those things. You either, either like it or you, you're like the same for me. Yeah, it's a common theme. I think with with all the guys I know, like you two, like we that we wrestled a little bit more than most. It's like uh, there's something fucking wrong with us because we like to suffer, mm-hmm. and like I don't know what it is. Like our Chris, Chris, our media dude, wrestled too. And it's like at Mountain Point under Coach Ford or whatever. But uh, it seems like if you don't want to suffer, then don't wrestle. <laughs> yeah, I just remember running for warm-ups like the first time and running around the mat thinking like god damn we've been running for a while like <laughs> when is this gonna stop yeah like this is <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy like i'm getting kind of tired like this is bullshit you yeah. know and then we just kept going and i think it was that progression of going further than i thought i could that i liked the most yeah you know and then top of getting beat up you know and having something to shoot for yeah which brought you back you know let your irritations drive you a little bit i i don't know if i wouldn't have seen success like you know, at some time, if I would have kept doing it, I had a buddy in high school that, dude, he was like three and like 98 or fucking 102 or something like that. And he wrestled every fucking year all the way through his senior year. I'm like, dude, you're a bad motherfucker because there's no way. Like, they, they, our coach, actually, our poor coaches, they, they nicknamed him the Toll Bridge. <laughs> so, for those of you that are listening, don't know what that means. When you're getting pinned and you're on your back, it's, a common wrestling call, you bridge, and so you're trying to get your shoulders off the mat. So that's how, like, like the mat match would end if you were pinned, and this guy could bridge like no one's business. So, and they said everyone has to pay their toll. Wrestling <laughs> the toll bridge. So, um, then you went to Corona, then you went to Highland, out to Marcos, for all kind of East Valley guys or whatever. When did you guys start seeing success, and like why and how did that all come come about? Well, uh, sophomore year, like I said, I don't know what. It, why that wrestling camp at Iowa seemed to make things click. But uh, me and my brother, obviously, both of us had it kind of click for both of us. Right. Well, you're twins. It makes yeah. Sense. <laughs> and so, you know, we kind of really started putting in a, a lot more effort, I think, than what we were doing. And we kind of saw that next level, gotcha. you know, when we were there. Um, and so we started, we had mats in our garage. And so all summer we were in the garage wrestling and trying to come up with like new moves. How nice of that you have your, your full-time uh, wrestling partner, like living with you yeah, like same, in high school. Same size, same everything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, <laughs> it's pretty solid. I'm pondering that right now in my yeah. head. I think of all the lack of partners I used to have and people I'd call and you got your brother right there. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, <laughs> well, for sure. And your own mats like in your garage. Yeah. Parents were like full on like, hey, fuck it. They're not beating the shit out of each other in the house. Like we'll buy them mats and they can do it like in the garage. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> our wrestling coach had given them because they were, they were like all rotted and shit, you know. So right. he had given them to us and it was just one little strip. You know, we, we held the end because the ends were so curled up. Oh, yeah. We had to hold them down with like the uh, Coke, uh, Coke boxes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. They, so they wouldn't curl up on you. Uh, but... Uh, how many times did you punch each other in the garage? Oh, there were a lot of holes in the wall. <laughs> the water heater was right there. That thing was dented. It was a... You, we get pretty aggressive towards the end there. You know what I mean? Oh, it's I'm hot sure and you're angry. Yeah. And 
all that shit. So well, I remember just being buddies in the wrestling room in high school. Like my our sixty pounder and I were best friends or whatever. So like there's days out there we fucking there's a little blood coming from the lip from an elbow or a little jab. <laughs> oh yeah, and that was my the, own brother. I think <laughs> that was the well, beauty of the sport, right? Is yeah. you could go up there and beat the shit out of each other, and then when it was over, it was just over, and you know, but. Uh, did you start wrestling varsity as a sophomore? or I wrestled, I wrestled a little bit of varsity as a sophomore. Yeah. Um, I had a guy, Glenn Cribben, ahead of me, and he ended up winning state that year. Gotcha. Um, but there was a few times that he was hurt, and I wrestled the McClintock tournament. and then Oh, yeah, right I, before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I, uh, I, got, I, I placed third there, and I got pinned by this kid from Mountain View who I ended up wrestling junior year in the semis at state and beating him. In overtime, uh, so it was pretty awesome to. Uh, That's a nice comeback. Oh, it was, it was awesome. But uh, my brother Chris, he um, he wrestled varsity the whole sophomore year, and he had a lose. I think he was like six and twenty-five or something going into East Valley Regionals. Yep. And then it ended up, ended up placing third at regionals. So he just barely qualified for state, and then ended up placing third at state. Peaked at the right he just, time. Yeah, just started yeah. peaking. And, and that's a good coach, so, I think. Yeah, yeah we yeah, had yeah, Coach Fig. He's you know, he's been coaching for 30 years. He's uh, he's one of the best in the state for sure. We have a mutual coach in mind. So, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, um, one of my most influential college coaches, his name's Dave Lamont, came from oh, Ohio, yeah. like, won some state championships there, like, as a team. Like, phenomenal coach. That was my game changer. Um, I wrestled varsity as a freshman, and then I wrestled varsity as a sophomore just because we our team wasn't that great. So I was able to beat, you know, uh, some of those guys out. But Dave is a guy that kind of – he that's that's what clicked in my mind because we had a our our one coach not taking anything away from him his name is Jim Weed he's a like mm-hmm. four time state champ from from Castle Grand and Pac ten champ for issue stuff like that technically great coach but Dave they're just like ex Marine like Ju- JUCO national champion just one of those dudes that like you don't want to lose for and that was kind of my game changer but how did you how did you because because we know his sons and stuff like that like how did you cross the paths with those dudes so we would go up and train in Payson during the summer uh, one of our friends RC LaHaye who's uh, he coaches. Yeah, Lander Lander College in Coach South Grand Carolina. Grand Canyon too, right? Yeah, he was at Grand Canyon, and he was a few time state champ, three time state champ for Payson. Gotcha. We would go up there and train with him, and Lamont was his coach, and right. so Lamont would take us out, and we'd go run. Uh, we went and run Box Canyon, and Lamont had a torn hamstring. I mean, it was black and blue from his knee to his ass, and he's beating all of us. Oh, you can't stop. You him, know, dude. you can't stop him. He yeah. was unbelievable. So uh, that's how we met Lamont, and okay. he was just super intense. All the time. All the time, dude. Never never took a break. Never no. went slow. Everything was full bore. <laughs> so he's still, like, because I, I talked to this kid, Matt, uh, all the time. Uh, and he's still up at 5 in the morning. He said he's his old man trains, like, in the garage in Payson because he, he lives up there still or whatever for, like, two hours a day. Like, yeah, and I, I actually sat down and talked with him. Um, I must have been last year because Matt was going through another liver transplant mm-hmm. or whatnot. And the uh, same dude, exact same guy. Like, just, and, like, I felt like I was in high school again. Yeah, <laughs> except they're talking to him. Totally, totally different. Did those? So that did Fig and, and Lamont know each other? Or no? Oh yeah, they coached at Gilbert High together. Okay, uh, and when Highland opened, Fig went over and took over Highland, and Lamont stayed at Gilbert. Gotcha. And then after a few years at Gilbert, then they uh, Lamont yeah. went to Payson. Yeah, they said that was the worst move they ever made, leaving Marcos to go to to Gilbert. They, yeah, they said then they totally should have stayed. So. Yeah, because they had everything that they needed. In oh yeah, and, Marcos was a great team back then. And I think it, it was it was just just the beginnings because like we just started placing state and state champions came out of my year and stuff like that. So like it's just different different time. But uh, yeah, um, did that did Fig kind of shape who you were as a wrestler to start? Because I know that's yeah, what, that's no, what he he did. Do. He's he was 
really strict, you know, but he also put good coaches around him. Right. And so, like, our freshman coach was Dave DiDomenico, who coaches at Mesa now, um, and then the Jobes, who were – they were, like um, – associate assistant coaches type of deal but they were always up there yeah. and they would run like the the hard pt of practice oh yeah all the conditioning and stuff. all the yeah. conditioning and they were in there wrestling with you and all oh, the yeah. coaches got in and wrestled even fig was in there wrestling with us right. at the time which i think was huge at, you know looking back because when your coach is in there running and yeah That's getting involved was. with you yeah. you know you have no excuse as an 18 or 16 year old kid no to to puss out and you know and and not not perform how did those guys shape your success like from because i know for me like the lessons i learned in wrestling like they stuck with me they've, they've stuck with me my whole life like that's why i think i've been successful is, um mainly you know for my parents and, and and stuff like that but the lessons i learned from there like translated to everything i do in business or in uh, public service or any of that stuff dude like like what things did you get from those guys that stay today uh you know, they, they really held you accountable like they make made sure that you held yourself accountable to uh, to cutting weight, working out, uh, drilling, training. Um, I remember one time I I had messed my ankle up, and so I had had gotten it taped, but it was the trainer put it on really tight, and so it was when we were doing the warm up run where you run for oh, yeah. seeming ever in a circle. Yeah, and just do cartwheels and for somersaults. <laughs> yeah, and bear crawls and all that crap, and uh, just a warm up. My foot was falling asleep, and so I I went over, I took my shoe off, and I'm trying to cut the tape off well the jobs came over and chewed my ass for for leaving my team right. during this run which at the time i was you know 16 years old i was like my foot's falling asleep i need to like fix yeah. this you know and they didn't like that you know they didn't they did not agree with that so you know doing stuff like that like you're not leaving your buddies behind gotcha. you, know, you know holding yourself accountable and uh, and just basically being tough yeah you know that's a big one tough yeah, I mean, you have you have no choice in wrestling but to do be tough because, uh, you know, that's the beauty of the sport is you're you're it. I think it translates into life. Like life's not easy. No, like, you fuck know, no. like everybody has their definition of tough or whatever. But like, hey, when shit gets south, like I like you guys like no, just fucking put your head down and go. Like get after it. Yeah, and in, in wrestling, you get what you earn. I mean, you yeah. you for sure. If you if you don't put in the work, it, it doesn't matter. You. You're not going to win. Were you and your brother like team captains? Did our you... senior year, we were. Yeah. Um, our junior year, can't there was a couple of seniors that were team captains. Gotcha. Uh, but we we both won state our junior year, um, which was which it was well, a cool experience. Classes? I was he was one forty, I was one forty five. Yeah, dude. Like when when else does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were one of the <laughs> first twin twins to win state together. There was us and then the um, a set of twins from Dobson. Uh, that won the year after that. Okay. Um, it was the Peters brothers, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah, Peters yeah, brothers. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, Mike and Caleb, and um, so that was cool to uh, win win state together, you know. And then uh, and then the next year we were team captains. We were actually uh, we were going to stop playing football because we had played football since we were little guys. Yeah, for sure. And um, our because we were going to go to Fargo and you know try to build on this to go to college. For and all those that. people that are that are listening, don't know Fargo. It's a very big. Freestyle tournament that's ran in the summer. Um, you get if you play at Fargo, you're pretty much you know you're going to college. Yeah, you're you're bad motherfucker somewhere. So, yeah, and they they call them stop signs, but that's kind <coughs> of the the medal that you get because it looks like a stop sign. But yeah. so okay, so you guys were gonna go to Fargo. We were gonna go to Fargo, and then our uh, our football coach talked us into coming out and playing football for one last year, right? Um, because we were the starting cornerbacks on either side. You too? Uh huh. Holy cow! And so. Um, we ended up going to a football camp in California, 
instead of going to Fargo, which, you know, now it's, it was fun going to football camp. Fargo probably yeah. would have been the better choice. Yeah. But, you know, going to football camp, having those experiences was fun too. Yeah. So, and then Chris ended up blowing his shoulder out the first game of the football season <laughs> and having surgery to uh, be able to wrestle that year. Right. And so I just, I finished out the football year. Yeah. Um, so Chris got all the bad genetics. Yeah. Paper Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> He's the Danny DeVito. Yeah. You 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 were the 45 pounder? Yeah. Oh yeah, so, so, so you're naturally bigger <laughs> yeah. too. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, then after that, um uh, senior year, uh he had a bad year. He broke his foot. Jesus. And he was uh, the China doll. Yeah, he <laughs> it was it was nasty. He was I, I don't know why his foot did it, but we were running around and then for some reason his big toe rolled under his his foot. And it broke that bone that whatever that on his foot, and so um, that and was like in practice. Uh huh. Holy cow! And so he he kind of wrestled through it for the year and uh, wrestled through a broken toe the whole year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was off his tough. leg that he pushes off on, you know. So right. it was it, sure it was a little painful. Yeah, he went a lot of upper body that year. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard to take a shot when your fucking big toes jacked. Oh yeah, and he he ended up placing third state that year, which really pissed him off. Right. And so he had a lot more going into college. Right. Um, a lot more pent up anger. Oh my god, yeah. He was he was he was pissed. Well when you think back of it too, like it's such a big deal at that age. Mm-hmm. But then like in hindsight you're like, Yeah, dude, how many more tournaments are I gonna wrestle in? And I know that's a big one or whatnot, yeah. but it's like, yeah, like you're like you're gonna get something from all of them. I know it's funny too, because there's a guy uh, that I know that I don't know I don't know him very well, but I do pajama wrestling with him, and he had like was undefeated going into his his senior year, supposed to take it all, and ended up getting beat, but that stayed with him forever. Like it's like you know it's I feel bad for him. I just want to give him a hug and go, bro. It's okay. It's, it's over. Yeah, just one tournament. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't define your whole life. That's it. But yeah, that's that, that, sometimes it can be motivation to get better too. Yeah, and he was man. He when he went to college, he was uh, he was fired up. And, how is the transition from like because as a junior you're like hey it's different when you're not the team captain like yeah. I was a team captain for my junior and senior year and it's different because you're just out there kind of you know yeah, you're, you're still just in the mix yeah you're in the mix and like you don't have to be in front of stuff like how is that transition to be like okay fuck now we're the guys that kind of have to look after the younger guys set the tone for the room set the tone for the tournament like I remember. Uh, I placed at the my, my first tournament I ever placed when I was a sophomore. I, I placed in the McClintock tournament, and I remember me and one senior uh, who was you know very good wrestler. Actually, it was Andy's cousin. Um, he I think he won or whatever, but he was fucking screaming at the rest of the team because nobody placed except this fucking stupid sophomore or whatever. Uh, but he handled it real well to kind of motivate people. Like what what kind of stuff did you guys? So my brother and I we are not vocal leader like we're not that vocal like that we'd right. rather uh just like the lead by example type sure. of thing yeah. and so you know being the first ones to practice being the leading all the runs um staying after practice doing extra you know takedowns and shots and doing that sort of thing coming in on the weekends running bleachers on the weekends um doing those sorts of things that the guys see yeah and you know because I, I i don't know i've never really been into the whole vocal guys that scream yeah. and holler and all that sure. stuff it kind of drives me nuts right. i'd rather you actually do it and show me that you you can do it um you know and i, I think it means a lot more when someone can actually like step up and yeah. like, perform and and puts out you know yeah. instead of just sitting there screaming at you and telling yeah. you 
how how shitty you're acting and how shitty you're being and all that stuff. I think there's a time and place for that. For sure. But the, and it goes over a lot better if you are a guy that leads in the front. Like you're like one of our mutual uh people that we look up to in leadership, Dick Winters, like that's mm-hmm. his number two, right? Like yeah. lead from the front, say follow me, and then you know, kind of lead the way. So Well, and you know, when you got one of your like my brother, one of the team captains got a broken foot and he's still doing all the runs and doing all the right. the bleachers and drilling and drilling extra. It's really hard for someone to complain, yeah. you know, and, and say, oh, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that, and, you know. And Did did your coaches kind of help you guys through that transition, or did it something you guys just like, hey, we're okay, we got it? No, yeah, they, uh, you know, they definitely would kind of mold us into those. Um, they helped us, you know, kind of point things out when you're kind of messing things up or you're not, you're, if you're having an off day, right? you know. Because everybody they, has them. They would definitely let you know about it. Um, <laughs> so that, you know, which is good. Yeah, you definitely good coach, need that. Especially coach. just because you're the leader of that group doesn't right. mean that, you know, you can't get, uh, yeah, get, your get, ass get disciplined a little bit yeah, for, for slacking sure. off. And, you know, so it was, uh, they were definitely really good about doing that. That's something that I miss about the wrestling world. It hasn't, I mean, maybe the rest of the society used to be like that, but like, in public safety, um, which, which you know, we all share, like, it's funny, like, when someone gets a talking to, whether it's, you know, they're asked you or something else, it's like, Jesus. Like, it's, it's, it's taken real personal. Yeah. When it shouldn't be personal at all. Right. It's, it's just a, it's a business. It's like a business thing. It I'm is just, a business. And like, I tell people too, it's like, for me, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. It's like, when I stop talking to you, that's when you should worry. If I'm talking to you or I'm actually using my words to try and make you better, like, I, I don't give a shit if, like, if, if, you, if you choose not to be better, that's fine. But I'm here in this position as a leader or facilitator mm-hmm. or supervisor or whatever to, to challenge it and kind of try and make you better. And, like, I'm, like, I would – I don't know. For you guys, I'm sure you're the same way. Like, I want that shit. Like, yeah. I'm always asking for feedback. Like, how often do I talk to him? Like, dude, let me have it. Give me feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Like, stuff like that because how else do you get better? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, the best advice I ever got for something like that when you're getting – yelled at or talked to when you're trying to improve is don't listen to how they're saying it. Listen to what they're saying. Yeah. I've had plenty of mentors or coaches in the past. Some guys would talk real nice to you. Another ones would be like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? Right. You got to do this, this, and this. <laughs> okay. I think after a while you just, it doesn't fall on deaf ears, but you do that. You stop listening to how they're saying it and listen to what they're saying and go, all right, he's right. I, I thought can my see middle, why he's fired up. I thought my middle name was stupid <laughs> in the military. They were like, hey, stupid. And then, I, then they started calling other people stupid when I wasn't so stupid. I'm like, okay, that's not my middle name. But yeah. <laughs> Jesse, and then, so you started, we got kind of through Mike through high school. So you started at Corona. Mm-hmm. Did, when did you start wrestling varsity or when did all that kind I of stuff? I wrestled varsity off and on my freshman year. Uh, me and another guy would kind of go back and forth. And our coach was pretty cool about it. He's like, if you want to wrestle off this week, you wrestle varsity. And we'd flip-flop quite a bit. And then right. sophomore year and then all through high school I was varsity after that but um yeah when I, I my sophomore year did not did not go well yeah. my freshman year I did you know it was, it was hit or miss you know I'd win some here and win some there sophomore year I think I was about 500 just because I don't know if I, I don't know if I was a late bloomer but you're maybe, sophomore yeah maybe just I just yeah I just wasn't quite there yet I felt like I was wrestling grown men it, so my sophomore year uh Man, what weight was I? One forty-five. That's a, that's in high school. I think the either forty-five. Well, back when we were in high school, forty-five or fifty-two. Like that's yeah. where, that was like the stacked weight. Class. Yeah, so I was cutting quite a bit. I think I was walking around about one sixty, trying just trying to fit into the lineup where I could. Gotcha. You know, so I was yep. cutting a lot, and then I felt like I was wrestling some grown-ass men. You were at one forty-five. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't quite a grown-ass man. Like I remember, you were. Yeah, seeing these dudes just yoked up. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was, that was a rough season for me. And then I started really getting success by my junior year. Okay. And then did you, cause you were a bigger weight, right? Cause I was 71s my, my junior and senior year. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're, how tall are you? Six two. Yeah. So that's, you know, you, you had to cut a lot to get there. My junior year, not so much, probably like five pounds. My senior year, I was cutting down from like 189, 188. Gotcha. But so yeah, that was, that was a big part of senior year was cutting all that weight to get down there was your team decent when you were there yeah we had pretty good pretty good team man i think my i can't i think we placed my senior year i want to say we took fourth or fifth gotcha um but you know our school was just ripe with talent it was getting people to stick around it seemed like well and those of you not from the valley jesse went to uh, crone del sol and there that school was a pretty affluent school so there's kids aren't don't have a tough time coming through there and what i've seen a lot of times is when you go to a neighborhood whether it be you know any part of the valley if you don't have some adversity your your pool of tough kids that want to suffer is smaller is that kind of what you saw yeah well we just had we had no uh we do we had athletes everywhere it was crazy like i remember my freshman year our freshman team ran through everyone but I, mean, I don't think any of our guys lost a match. We went to like the freshman Mingus tournament and, and just smoked that, like just crushed everybody. And it was, you know, I think it was different things. Yeah, some guys just didn't want to, they weren't willing to suffer that long, you know, for four years. Yeah. Or they just something they didn't like about it. Or, you know, they they went a different route. They got real big, wanted to play football or just, just different things here and there. Or they started hanging out with the wrong people, whatever have you. But yeah, definitely it, the wheels pretty much fell off that freshman team. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we just there was a lot of there was a lot of talent in that school. I think if you could have kept everybody around, it'd be a place to be a, do um, a powerhouse. But right. you know, not such the case. But uh, did you end up becoming team captain too? Or yeah, I was team captain my junior year and my senior year. Yeah, same thing yeah. with me. Like, how was that? Because as a junior, I don't know if I was necessarily ready for it. Um, but I was, you know, just one of the better wrestlers on the team. And there was only one senior that was actually decent, so they just had us do it. But like. And I that it was good for me because I got to kind of to work into it because there was a senior there that I could kind of defer to. We we're, I, I mean, I felt like we did it equally. But like, how did how did that? Because that was probably your first real leadership position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was it was different for sure. Thinking back on it, like I think I feel like my whole life I've always whatever I've been in I've looked at okay who's who's really good at what we're doing here mm-hmm. and I've always not like attached myself but like, emulated what they're doing, find mm-hmm. out what they're doing, and then started like kind of competing with them until I saw success and I'd move on to the. The next, you know, but yeah, like you're saying, my junior year, there was a couple other seniors in there where we could kind of defer to each other. But I, a lot like Mike said, like, I just, I just kept doing what I was doing, you know, and then the coaches would help too. Like, hey, man, you know, people are watching you. You need to do this, this and this. You're in a, you're in a formal leadership role now. You know, they look at when you're coming to practice. They look at, you know, if we tell you to run sprints, if you're, you're going, oh, or you're just lining up to do it. You know what I mean? So they're paying attention to those things. You need to, you need to be the, be the guy. And I think it only took a couple talks, you know, like, okay. Yeah, you know, and that's it, and that's that's just the way it is. Now you're in that leadership role, and I I, I liked it because you you know you kind of represent the program now, mm-hmm. where everyone is looking at you. Right. And I think by the time I was a senior, I had a pretty good handle on just how to, I guess, uh, carry myself. Yeah. You know, in that role, and then I mean, young kids. I mean, the guys coming up, they'd ask you stuff, and you give the best advice you can, but always yeah. defer to the coach and who's ever been yeah. there. You at know, at sixteen I mean? or seventeen, you know, I, everything. I don't think I don't, no one <laughs> has all the answers. You know, it's. You know, I'd be like, yeah, that's a good question. Hey, stand by. Hey, coach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do I tell this kid? But that's a big thing to even realize at that <clears throat> age, like that, that you don't know everything. Because there's uh, there are leaders that we've all run across that they think they know everything and they got to answer everything. But like, I think the appropriate answer from time and like that shows humility and shows that you know that you're willing to 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 not be the know it all to say, hey, I don't know, but let me ask someone that like knows better and let me get back to you or stuff yeah. like that. That's pretty big for a kid in high school to realize that. 
and be like, like, there's no ego attached to that, I guess is, is, is what I'm saying. Cause a lot of times like there's an ego attached to, I don't know, but for you to be able to stop and, and do that. Like, it's well, like thing. if I have that is that exact experience, you know, it's easier for me to speak on it. But if I, if there's things in there that are different from what I went through or it, it's just like, I don't want to sit here and blow smoke up your ass and yeah. pretend like I know what I'm talking about when I don't, but I'll find out for sure. You know, give me give me a few minutes. But that's the stuff too. That that yeah, give me six months. But um, that's <laughs> that's the stuff that I think makes people successful, whether it be in the military, public safety, or even in, in like a business setting. To be to be to show that humility that hey man, like I know I don't know everything. Um, and then you ended up wrestling in college too, right? I did. Yeah, I had decent success in high school. I took fifth as a junior in state, and then I uh, it was funny you mentioned that story about your buddy. But uh, yeah, I was undefeated going into state my senior year. I was like forty eight and zero. Jesus, that's crushed good everybody. Record. I had a lot of pins. It was it was going well. I had just had one bad match in the quarterfinals, lost by a couple kid by a couple points. To this kid, he actually ended up taking fifth. And I remember after the match, I just lost my mind. I was so angry. I pinned everybody all the way through third. Oh yeah, yeah. It, was it? Did you take the kid too lightly like that? No, I. Uh, I just remember it was just one of those matches where like, it, it, for people that don't know, like when we we're in high school, they made you start taping your shoes. Mm-hmm. You taping know, your shoelaces. Taping your shoelaces and it come untied. You couldn't stall. That was a pretty good stall tactic. I was like, oh yeah. my shoelaces. You know? That's why you got to have a knee brace. So yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I just remember I got on the mat. I had I hadn't taped my shoes. I just forgot. I was kind of cloudy. Like left my headgear in my bag. It was just one of those, man. It was kind of early, you know, it was real early in the morning, the second day of state. And right. I didn't really come to until halfway through the match. And then, I do. I want to say I was down like 8-0. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I came back, lost, I think it was 9-8, something like that. But just couldn't pull it off and was pretty angry with myself and then just went off the rest of the tournament. But And he was probably jacked. He's like, hey, dude, I'm like, I'm like, you know, he was probably peaking. Like, hey, he was. He's 48. No, like, he, he, he wanted you probably, you're, and you're probably like, eh, whatever, lace him up, put my shit on it. Like, I'll walk through this guy in the corners. Well, we met we met again in the semi, in the, in the console semis yeah. and pinned him in like 10 seconds. I'm sure. Yeah. You're probably <laughs> fucking pissed. Yeah, it was, I was pretty angry. And then. I actually went against the guy that I wrestled the first round who wrestled a Mountain View. He's on the job with us now. He just got hired. Uh, his name's Levi Stockton. Good dude. Okay. I yeah. put him out the first round. Right. Ended up wrestling him for third. So he he actually battled all the way back. Yeah. That's, me, which is it's just really hard to do, man. Yeah, if like if like you lose in the first round of a sixteen man bracket, it's gonna take you six matches to get to third. Yeah, I think. that's a lot. Yeah, like five or six matches. And, and the matches are in high school. What are they? Three? No, two, two, two. They're six minutes? Six, yeah, six yeah. minutes. Yeah, so it's six minutes, five matches. It's all in the day. And there's sometimes there you have short rest between those matches. So to be able to suck it up and have a good day to come back and then they got to be good. I hadn't again. even paid attention to who I was wrestling. I didn't care. I was so so pissed that I wasn't going to be a state champion. You know, right. and I remember walking on the mat. I'm like, I see you like two days ago. I was like, hey, good for you, man. Yeah. But then he's like, fuck, I have Forbes in the semis. Yeah. I'm like, great. How fast did you pin him in the third? It was about 30, 30 <laughs> seconds. I took, it, I, got, I took him down, and then I remember he stood up with his hand in his head, and I hit a standing cradle, and that was it. Was like, yeah, we were, talk, we were actually at the, the, I was at the academy lifting, and we were talking about it. He said, hey, man, remember that? I said, yeah, I never forgive you for that. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> and he put me out first round, then, you, then, you, then I take fourth behind you. <laughs> I was like, hey, dude, at least you didn't go into state undefeated and, and choke. And now I'm nine years in front of you, right? <laughs> You're at the fire department, too. Yeah. Get, get used to playing second fiddle to me, buddy, because so, <laughs> it's going to be a constant. And I had similar experiences as Chris's brother. I was like, I was, I was pissed, man. So I want to go. I want to keep going. Like, yeah. I felt like I had more to offer. So, and I wasn't the most studious in high school. I kind of just survived as far as right. classes go. So I wasn't, I wasn't passing clearinghouse. So I went to junior college for two years. That's all right. And wrestled there. Yeah. Uh, where at? Uh, Pima Community College in Tucson. Okay. They don't have a program anymore, but 
Yeah, it was back in the day. It was Pima and PC. Yeah, because after I came back from Bakersfield, I wrestled a season at PC. Oh. I think we 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 wrestled Pima or something. Mm-hmm. So from there, but yeah, and it's funny too because like I don't know, like Mike, you had success in high school, but then when you got to college, you had a guy that was pretty good in front of you, right? I yeah, we had uh, we had a lot of guys in front of us. I think <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had when I first got there, I had Rocky Smart, who was from Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he was the, one of the only guys to ever beat Kale Sanderson in high school. Um, they wrestled in Utah State Championships or something. He ended up beating him. So, but uh, he was a two or three time All American at ASU. Kale uh, Sanderson was undefeated in college. Yeah, undefeated in college. One hundred eighty nine yeah. and zero. Yeah. yeah. One of our friends, uh, I won't say his name, was like number one seventeen on his hit list. <laughs> yeah. Squanto. Yeah. I was there. Warrior. I watched it. it was, <laughs> Did you watch that match? Yeah. Was, I was it at ugly that one too? Oh yeah, I mean it was every match you watched of his. I mean not as not of Squanto's, but of of uh, oh my God. Kale's yeah. was ugly. You know, what I mean he killed yeah. everybody. Right. So, but no, he did. I mean he held his own for a little bit. It was like what thirty for being, seconds. Yeah, I mean for being a sophomore <laughs> and you know what I mean yeah. going against me, he did really. Com- Considering what who he was going against, yeah. he, he did really good. But I wrestled Pat Smith in the Sunkissed Open. And I held my own Ooh. for thirty seconds too. Hey, and Squanto's, <laughs> Squanto's a tough son of a bitch, He's man. Huge. Like, I, I was Monster. at that match. I was just I was obviously just in the stands, but I remember and Kale just made it look, you know, effortless. Like Scott's snap downs and all that stuff. Yeah. We just weren't doing anything. I remember looking at Scott's face like. What the hell? What's wrong with you? Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, this guy said that he was getting ankle picked left and right and didn't even see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Like next thing you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's over. That's, Thanks. Thanks for playing. I couldn't imagine wrestling a guy that cal. You know what I mean? Because we we all wrestled the guys that are high caliber. Yeah, Russell Petsmith. That's that's <laughs> such a different. I mean, that's even a higher level. That yeah. you know what I mean? It's oh, just yeah. unbelievable to go undefeated. And then so, win an Olympic gold right afterwards. Yeah, and now he's probably he he will probably end up being the most decorated college coach in history. all sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all sports. Yeah, crazy. For sure. All right, so you had so you had Rocky Smart in front of you. Sorry, yeah. So I had Rocky Smart. So, um, but I did get to wrestle a couple of times on varsity as a freshman. You said you wrestled in Iowa, right? Yeah, I wrestled at the University of Iowa, which was for me it was cool because that was like me and my brother that was growing up wrestling. That yeah. was like the school that we, you know, idolized. Yeah. And um, plus a packed house there, right? It, which was strange because when you go to the ASU matches, it's not that. <laughs> it's like going to the library. You hear crickets. Drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also we went to Carver Hawkeye Arena, and it's jam-packed with people and i've met wrestled uh matt matt brown i think is his name he was number eight in the country and uh went the full match i only lost by like four points but that's uh, still big, dude. i i uh, played a heavy defense that's so, right but um but yeah then uh wrestled where do you wrestle we we did like a little iowa nebraska tour we went to nebraska northern iowa then iowa and gotcha. uh, wrestled a few times throughout there and then wrestled in the uh, a three-way at uh, at ASU with uh, NA or not NAU Embry Riddle and uh, Cal Poly and someone else. Yeah, there's always that that Embry Riddle tournament that they'd have mm. like early as an open. Yeah, yeah, that open or whatever, and everybody would show up there. Yeah, and then uh, wrestled a couple more. I was always a f- kind of a fill-in, right. so uh, we had Minnesota at home. And I was a one fifty-seven pounder, and I didn't cut any weight. Small fifty-seven pounder. Yeah, right? I did yeah. not cut any weight at all. And the 84-pounder had gotten hurt. And so they had asked if I would just move <laughs> oh into the 84-pounder. Oh, oh, my God. This guy was built like a fire hydrant. <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure. laughs> yeah. You ever been underhooked with one arm and picked up off the mat? Yeah. And all Ortiz said, he said, just don't get pinned. Well, 
and I didn't. I I, uh, I almost I didn't even I almost got majored, but I didn't get pinned. That's pretty good. So <laughs> giving again, up thirty pounds. Basically. I stalled my ass off. All right. <laughs> but how many times did you get hit for stalling? Uh, once. Oh, that's yeah. that was, you really weren't or you're faking it really well. Yeah. <laughs> You, know, you do that little fake yeah. shot, like touch their knee. Yeah. I did something. Look, yeah. you can't call me. Yeah. I think I ref, looked at it. The ref looked at the the weight disparity, and he, I think he kind of knew the game anyway. Yeah, so. I t- <laughs> took it easy on you. Yeah. So people have never wrestled before. In wrestling, you have to have constant um, action to to working towards a position to score. And when they don't, um, there's a call called stalling. So they'll 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 hit you for stalling and. Uh, I fucking forget. It's been so long. The first one is a warning, and then I think it's two warnings, and the third one's a point, and the fourth one is a point, and the fifth one's a two points, and then it's a DQ. Yeah, or something. I don't know. something it, like that. It, it, the, the, the rules have changed. So, so for 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 uh, you don't ever want to get hit with stalling. Were you more of an offensive wrestler? I was. Uh, a little bit. I, I in high school definitely, um, but then as I got to college, for some reason, it kind of went a little more defensive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was because. The speed changed, yeah. you know, because obviously the speed's a lot different in college. Everybody's and fast. so trying to uh, trying to keep up and, you know, my brother and I, we weren't quite the athletes that those guys were because now you're getting to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my brother had Eric Larkin in front of him who was the that's, Hodge, that, Hodge winner a, and yeah, you know, national champion. Yeah, I mean, that's – you can't get any better, you know. He was ASU's third national champion or something? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And I think the first Hodge Award winner, which is like the Heisman yeah. Trophy of wrestling. Best wrestler of the year. Right? Yeah, so – you know, we definitely had a really good room to be in, right. and our coaches were good. Um, but you know, like I said, when you get to that level, everyone's good. Yeah. You know, and it's just what level of good are you? So, and then after Rocky left, I was gonna drop to 141, um, but at the time, I don't, I didn't, I had like four percent body fat, so I couldn't really cut down and stay hydrated and do A-shift all that. A-shift body fat. A-shift. Yeah, A-shift body fat. Hey, he's no. not joking, dude. In high school, him and his brother were yoked. Really? Just shredded. I remember, because he's a couple years ahead of me, I remember yeah. them jogging off the mat like, God damn, what are these guys fucking doing? I heard <laughs> they're, hey, and like, like you, <laughs> you can preach to it because Mike's not going to tell us the truth anyway if, yeah. if I ask him. Like, I heard him and his brother were little dicks. They're kind of assholes. Uh, I mean, on the wrestling mat, but yeah, that's, but that's just like, how it was. Yeah, not, not, I'll take that back. Not assholes. They were mean. Like, they're tough. Yeah, like they no, had that, I, like in probably put it in a better perspective. Sorry, Mike is like more of an Iowa mentality. Yeah, like we're gonna fucking punish you. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of one hundred percent. I dude, I remember someone sticking your brother with his, with their head one time and like kind of come off the mat and looking at your brother's face and I was like, oh, that's gonna that's gonna come back to haunt him. I think he, <laughs> he faked a shot to the outside and came right up and drilled him with his with with the top of his head and I was like, there it is. But yeah, yeah, no, I remember. But watching them both wrestle, and it was yeah, it was definitely Iowa style. It was fun to watch. Yeah, like hey, like I want to be like those yeah. guys. But no, I remember being like, all right, well, these guys are state champs. What are they doing? Yeah, watch like, them. well, I'm not going to be that shredded solo. That's out. <laughs> <laughs> a little more thicker, and they're they're like that today. Still, fucking twenty years later, both both still pretty thick and stuff like that. Oh, poor Chris is known as Fat Mike now. Yeah, is he? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, he actually cut. He uh, one of his buddies told him he'd pay for his uh, jujitsu. Um, there's some tournament in California or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm out of the loop, but uh, he said if he lost 20 pounds in 20 days, he'd pay for his entry. <laughs> that's, Did he do it? Yeah. yeah. Not, oh, man. Yeah, that's like 150 bucks, man. That's not bad. Not a bad deal, yeah, huh? Not a bad deal at all. I'd do that, too. Like, yeah, really? Okay. I, that's uh, another one of our friends, Russell Gay. She's a two- or three-time All-American heavyweight. Uh, his name's Kellen Flukiger. Um, I call I call Kellen Chubby Thor. <laughs> 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 so but um so then you you, you were gonna go 41 what happened uh i was gonna go 41 then dana holland ended up dropping down to 41 
and he ended up being the runner-up at uh, at nationals that gotcha. year. He was a two-time in uh, junior college all or national champion, and then came to ASU. And, Another prop forty-eight guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I went back up to fifty-seven, and then we got um, Brian Stith. Uh-huh. Who ended yep. up being yep. Yep. a three-time All-American and from national runner-up, right? uh, Virginia. Virginia, that's what it was. Yeah, he and um, so yeah, so I was always the uh, the backup, always the bridesmaid, always yeah. the bridesmaid, Never the bride. You know, which I was at the looking back, I'm fine with it because athletically they were better, and they also worked really hard. Yeah, you know, if they didn't work hard and they were still beat me, then I'd be pissed. But that's a tough role to come into, especially you coming off two-time state champ or whatever. Like having success, stepping in that room, and then oh, like, as a like, kid too, as an eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old yeah. kid, the uh, getting your ego checked oh, yeah. really, really hard. Yeah, because yeah, you're. I'm in. I'm an in-state guy. I'm, you yeah. know, a state champ. All this stuff, and right. you think you're on top of the world. You're gonna go in there and oh, wreck, yeah. wreck shit. Yeah, not at all. Got the <laughs> shit. It was like starting over again. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent, dude. Yeah, you know, and so definitely had to get the ego checked a couple of times. Yeah. over the uh, the couple of years we were there. But then my brother and I, we both started getting more injuries. Uh, we both blew our shoulders out again. Right. Um, and so then it was like, you know, wrestling is really not going to take us anywhere yep. after this. So we need to start like kind of growing up and figuring out what we're going to do like, right. after wrestling. Yep. And so my plan was to be uh, a high school teacher. I was going to basically go coach uh, Highland. I'm going to take over the wrestling program and coach coach social studies or teach social studies. Right. And... Um, then we went on a ride along with a buddy of ours that worked for Chandler right. that we wrestled with in high school. And uh, after one ride along, it was like, I'm not being a teacher anymore. I'm going to go be a fireman. That's, that's all these fuckers do all day. Yeah. I could do it that. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy. Um, let's talk about that ego thing, dude. So like that, that was probably your first adversity when it comes to something that you really loved and, mm-hmm. and that high stakes, like, uh, you kind of glazed over it, but I I was there, been there. Like I got to Bakersfield, wrestled a guy, barely beat him. I remember like being fucking pissed off because he placed like six or or something in state. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, hey, stupid. Their California has one state champion. Like just get to the state champ thing. So I was like, well, maybe I should be proud of myself. And then my first four matches, I ended up losing. Like that never fucking happened to me in my life. I remember wanted to take my shoes off, and throw them in the fucking trash. So. Um, how was that? Like, like that that couldn't have been like, oh yeah, shit, my ego. Okay, it's over in a week. Like, that's no, a- it was a couple of years of uh, dealing with it because you know you go from high school and you you know you get a a new high school outfit, you know the warm up suit, oh, you yeah. know in high oh, school. Yeah. Uh, but when you go to college, especially Division One, now you got a whole locker full of free shit, oh, yeah. right? Running shoes, wrestling shoes. Yeah, so you think you're hot shit, clothes, yeah. you know? So your ego goes Someone's even. Someone's doing higher. your laundry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you know, now you feel like you're a celebrity kind of, you know what I mean? But you're you're on the wrestling team. Yeah. It's not even looking back, it's not that big of a deal. Well, plus you know? chicks are like, "What? You're on the wrestling team?" Or that's well, we're all what's messed wrong up with our your ear. ears, <laughs> yeah, yeah, ears and nose so is crooked. Sweaty. Yeah. You always got like burns and rashes yeah. and shit all over you. Why are you wearing those plastics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so aggressive? <laughs> you don't understand me. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was you know dealing with that. Um, I at the time, um, our coaches, um, Townsend Saunders, who was mm-hmm. a Olympic oh, yeah. silver medalist, and yeah. Aaron Sand, uh, yep. uh, Aaron Simpson, uh, they were really good with us as they were kind of like the mentors in the academy. Right. You know they would. They would kind of pull you aside and talk to you one-on-one and kind of bring you back down to earth. The one thing I wish they would have done more of has been a lot harder because we were used to the Jobs who would 
pull you aside and and really rip your ass. Right. Um, and they were these guys were more of the. Um, they're mentoring. Yeah, you know, it was mentoring. like get under my wing, and we're gonna yeah. like big brother talk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of like, hey, you're you need to put this shit behind you. The high school shit's done. Yeah, you know, you need to man the fuck up, and, and you're welcome to college. Like, and that's where I think you were talking about wrestling, but I think that's where knowing your people and how mm-hmm. they respond to things as a leader or a coach or whatever. That's how you have to do it. Because I know some guys that I've coached or mentored or whatever, they're gonna respond to, hey, motherfucker, like you're done like yeah amp it up like here's the deal and then some people that you talk to like that they kind of shut down but you and your brother obviously could be talked to like yeah you're in the military yeah absolutely and it was that i was kind of waiting for that and i know i needed that that right. talk you know to kind of bring you back down to earth Straight and it, it just never shifter. never happened right um so it was kind of always there was always kind of that animosity a little mm-hmm. bit and you know i always thought i was better than this or that right. or whatnot but you know, then when you go in the wrestling room and wrestle, get your ass kicked by everybody. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of hard to say, oh, I'm better than that. And then you get your ass smashed all practice. Like, maybe I'm not. That yeah. <laughs> like, maybe I'm just having a bad day. Well, I can't be having a bad week and then a bad month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm getting my ass answered every day. Every day. It was, yeah. it was nasty. But and it's a grind, right? It's like, a, yeah. And especially yeah. when you get to college, it's six days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they were doing seven, but guys were dying. Yeah. So they made it to where Sundays you couldn't do anything. But, you know, on, you doing classes and wrestling and, you know, going to study hall. Cause as a freshman, whether you had good grades or not, which I didn't, yeah. um, you had to go to study hall. Yeah. Which, and that was the other thing is then now you're dealing with your, you have all this free time cause you get to make your class schedule. Right. Yep. And so being a dumb freshman kid, I had my first semester, I had, Intro to gardening, intro to parenting. Yes, you're a straight B shift. Oh, dude, I went, I went all electives. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Because I was, I was brainiac. You're a math yeah, elite, huh? For sure. <laughs> so I went straight, straight el- electives. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as an athlete, they, it, it's like they, they're just like, yeah, that's. I didn't do any of that my freshman out. year. I'm like college algebra. <laughs> they're like all the Asian classes, like <laughs> science, math, I was in all that shit, dude. We had knocked out some college classes in high school, like English 101 and math and this sort of thing. But so yeah, so we were just trying to stay eligible, right? And you know, <laughs> and whatnot. But then like on Saturdays, we'd go and run Squaw Peak every day, oh, every yeah. Saturday, yeah. and you had to be to the top in 20 minutes. There was uh, Ortiz would get to the top, and then Townsend and Aaron would kind of hide in the mountain. <laughs> And make sure you you ran, you right. know. And so if you didn't get to the top in 20 minutes, you had to do it again. You gotta love wrestling coaches hiding in their rocks. <laughs> yeah, I can't work it. Uh, that's hilarious. And then you'd go back and wrestle for two hours. Oh, yeah. You know, so it was it was definitely a, a change of pace from high school. Even though high school was difficult, it just this is a whole new level of of difficult. So it was like the ego check, just more of a hey man, like whatever I thought I was, I'm not. And this is this is what it is. Well, I had to realize like that you know everybody that's a Division One college wrestler is a state champion. Like it's not it's not just or you. placed in state yeah. multiple times or whatever, right? Yeah, and you realize like the guy that placed sixth at the California or Pennsylvania yeah. state champion, he could be a state champion at any other state yep. around because they only have one. Yep. You know, so and it was cool because we had guys from all over the country in there, and so seeing the different styles. That was the other thing is we only saw. The California style and the Arizona style. Yep. We went California, Arizona, Nevada, and that yeah. was kind of all we wrestled. Nobody's riding legs in, in no, those two hell states. No, hell <laughs> no. And then, yeah, you get some some guy who does legs, and we had a kid from uh, the Granby school who does all <laughs> sorts of crazy shit that I've never right. seen. You know? So, 
that was it was it was a real good ego check going into the fire service especially yeah and it's crazy to get that like um that late in life too right mm-hmm. like because some people they're like i don't think they ever can bounce back but yeah it, i mean it sounds like you're brother a little more fucking hard-headed than most oh yeah it took you a couple of years to kind of you know get that get that check because that was your that was your world man like like that's all we did yeah that was your world step on the mat and and I'm going to own your shit for whatever. And then you get outside that bubble and you're like, whoa, it's a pretty small world, man. Like, yeah. I'm, there is other shit out there. And they probably prepared you, like I said, for fire service, probably being a dad or stuff like that. Or it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to get checked through life. And like, you know, I even today, like you've been out of college for a while, man. Like I get checked all the time. That's oh, yeah. Kind of part, part well, of and in the position we're in now where we're trying to promote and do that yep. sort of thing, you yep. definitely get checked once in a while yep. with you know you think you understand a an issue or a, yep. an incident and it doesn't work out how you think it's going to do yep. and it's you know it's good to be checked and coming from your your background too it's probably better to you probably you probably receive that better from whoever chief or mm-hmm. fellow captain or whatever stuff like that so that's good and then, so you went to Pima, mm-hmm. and you had success there too, right, Justin? I did, yeah. My my first year, I um, I they call it gray shirting in junior college, mm-hmm. just because I I was not I wasn't like a maniac or anything like that, but I just wasn't very mature as an 18, 19 year old, like especially with like school. Um, I kind of did what Mike did. I took gardening and classes, <laughs> but I even had a hard time showing up to those because I truthfully went to I went to to college to wrestle. I didn't I didn't at that time I could care less about school. I really right. didn't care. I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to compete. Well, you know, lo and behold, you got to stay eligible. So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I had a, my coach down there was a guy named uh, Joe Solorio. He wrestled at uh, Phoenix College back in the day, and he was an All-American at ASU. And um, just a just a super good dude. But I think he was – and I had a great high school coach too, a uh, phenomenal guy, kept me in check, you know, really saw me through high school. But I think my college coach was the first time anybody had really sat down with me and went, hey, like, what's your – What's your malfunction? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like you're, you're, you're so like, retarded. You're pretty tough. You're coming in here and beating guys that already have a year of experience. Like what? What's your What's your deal? Like what's your, what makes you tick? And I, I don't know how to answer him. You know, he's uh, like, right, your grades suck. Like you know, I had no idea really like how to study. I didn't. I didn't understand that. You know, my whole life I was told you need to get good grades. I'm like, okay, you need to study. Okay, no idea how to do that. And that sounds kind of now looking back on it, it sounds kind of like you're, like you're an idiot. You know, you read the book, you go over the material, you do basically the things you do to get better at anything, wrestling or whatever, but right. just didn't really understand how to apply that. And, you know, he kind of gave me those tools. He, yeah. He sat me down and we went over it and we, you know, we taught me how to go through a book and pull out information and wow. disseminate all that. And dude, I just, I just applied what he told me. And then yeah. I came back my second year after I did open tournaments. Yep. I did pretty good. I placed like the OU open, uh, at university of Oklahoma mm-hmm. and some, some other ones like, um, Fullerton, which was a pretty tough one. Yep. Cause you get a lot of guys wrestling unattached that are either oh, yeah. redshirting in division one programs or wherever else. And, or they're just straight up open guys that are, you know, just like, there to fuck shit up. Circuit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guys are training for the Olympics. I yeah. never had anybody like that, but, um, tough guys nonetheless. And then, so my second year I came back, um, I is when I really had success, uh, in school, I was an academic All-American, but because nice. he had given me those tools to kind of attack that. But, um, yeah, it was good. I mean, you just – wrestling, like he said, you get in what you put in. You right. get out what you put in. And and in college, it's different than high school. Like, high school, yeah. you're such on, like, your schedule and your parents are around and stuff like that. Like, it seems like in college, like, everything just gets ramped up like that much more. Everyone's – like he said, everyone's really good in college. And, like, I wrestled at junior college, but here's the deal with junior colleges. You get all the morons like myself who are tough. Oh, yeah. 
but can't pass clearinghouse to go division one. It's yeah. definitely not on the same level. I think right. I think it goes division one, division two, and then I would put JUCO next. Right. Because we wrestled right. a lot of D three schools. And some AI of those JUCO dudes are and fucking legit. Two. Yeah. Well, like, some of the guys I competed against went on and wrestled at Iowa and Division one schools. Yeah. Place right, 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 right away. Yeah. You know. So, um, but yeah, I had I read really good coaching, man. He took kind of my style of wrestling and. What is your style of wrestling? Um, I'm pretty aggressive a lot, like uh, like Mike. Um, but he gave me a lot more tools to be more slick with. You right. know, it had movement type Mike's stuff, making slick. guys miss. Yeah, he. You know, he painted things in a different light for me. He was like, "Son, he's like, this is combat." Yeah, but he's like, "You need to look at it like a game. Mm-hmm. You're making guys miss. You're tricking them here and there and getting them to do things that maybe they don't want to do to put yourself in a better position." I just never thought of it like that. You know, my was I had one track mind of like, "Be more smash, aggressive, smash. be better, <laughs> double this this guy off the mat, like hurt this dude." That's just how it's <laughs> just how I, I was, man. It was right. just my personality, you know. When it got tougher, I got tougher. When it got more aggressive, I got more aggressive, yep. and I just tried to meet it head on. And I had good success. It was it was it was good in high school. You know, I beat a lot of guys that were probably better than me just because. I'd physically yeah, try, to break hurt, try to hurt them and break them down, and, yeah. and they would. You can almost feel it when you're on top of a guy breaking them down. You, you can can't s- feel it. <laughs> you can you can physically feel a dude give up, like, yeah. fuck this, yeah. I'm done. People, and, that's, and that's one of the best things I think about wrestling. Is, I was gonna it say, sounds twisted, but it's not. To people that don't do it, but it's it's a, that right there is the reason why I loved it so much. I, I enjoyed that, too. Um, like, I, when, you, when you explain that to people, like – like the the act of someone breaking and you can feel them break and it's like you get like a little like dopamine hit you're like yeah like mm-hmm. now I'm really gonna ratchet this shit up yeah. um, and for me I and I'm sorry for uh, anybody out there that comes comes from money but when I always when we we were a poor poorer school so when I went up to North Scottsdale to wrestle Chaparral or Saguaro. I had a little added whoop ass for those kids. Oh, <laughs> like, well, dude, it was the, it was almost the opposite for me when we would go to lower income schools and they'd be like, you know, talking shit like you're a rich yeah. white boy and stuff like that. I'd be like, okay, all right, I'm yeah, bringing we'll see it on the mat. You know, I usually lead with my head right. and start, you know, set the bar right there. Like it's going to be that type of match. I'm not a bitch just because right. I'm not from you know the hood. Yeah, but you have some stuff and we share it or not. Um, it doesn't matter that that some of that anger maybe was was fueled by some of that stuff, right? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That yeah. dude, if I hadn't had a wrestling in my life, I who knows where I would be. That was my that was my channel. Like I I was I was a pretty angry kid, but uh, you know after school I got to go and I got to fight for two and a half hours. Yeah. Whether that was with somebody else or the conditioning, and by the yeah. time I left, I was pretty even keeled. You know. Yep. Until the next day when you do it again. I was the same way, dude. Like I grew up poor. <laughs> like you know, my parents were divorced forever. Dad was always active in my life, but like. You know, I fucking lived in a one-bedroom apartment. I just pull my mattress out of the closet every night and put it, you know, like in the living room and then put it, like, stuff in there in the morning. I'm like, fucking, there's just a little bit of anger that comes with that yeah. shit that, that you need to get out somewhere. Because, like you, yeah. I would be probably in jail. And I, the, the things that I probably didn't get caught for. <laughs> yeah. I just I, I just figured if you if you... If you talk shit to my face, you you called me a name or something like oh, that. Yeah. I just figured you wouldn't fight. We're fighting. I yeah. just that's just how I thought it was. Like I remember standing on the lunch line and some kid turned around and he cut some people. Hey man, what are you doing? And he's like, What are you gonna do about a bitch? And I was like, well, We're fighting. Okay. Yep. And then, you know, you're in the principal's office and the dude's all bloody and they're like, Why would you do something like that? I'm like, called me a bitch. Like, what do you mean, why would I do yeah. something like that? Like Where'd you, where'd you, 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 from? you wouldn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you think I'm weird. I think you're weird. Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> why would you not hit somebody that called you that, you know? So but uh, wrestling gave me that that outlet to handle that, and then you know, kind of circling back to to college, you know, um, and I was only there for two years, and yeah. man, man that, Joe gave me so many tools, you know, and he he could, he could sense that I was a little bit better with that stuff by the time I was out of the house and right. all that, but uh, really, really channeled it 
towards wrestling. And when I started really like making guys miss, treating them more like a game, like he talked about, but still had the added aggression, I saw pretty good success. And I was, yeah. I was an All-American my, my second year there. I, I, I don't know if you ever heard me say it, but like I tell people all the time, like, you got to know when to turn up the volume and when to turn it down. Mm-hmm. So and that's, that's important in wrestling and in life. Like you don't have the volume doesn't have to be fifty. Like guys, there's some guys like Dave Lamont that can pull it off, but right. most people can't have the volume at fifty, like all the time. Like yeah. you need to be able to adjust the thing, so stuff like that. That's that's a pretty valuable lesson for you to learn too, because all that stuff translates to other shit in life, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Like knowing when to pick your battles, all that kind of <laughs> shit. Like totally get. It. I was yeah. similar to you. Like I remember, oh, fuck man, I fought way too much, and I think maybe it was an angry kid or something. But like third grade, I got in, like seven fights, and like called my mom like we get to one more fight they're gonna fucking like we're, we're, we're gonna have to suspend them for a day like a day like i'd be in prison right now with these kids and in high school too like someone would say something and yeah this is I, you, know you're you feel bad like at the time when you do it you don't but you know i think as a little while went on i kind of look at the toll it was taking on my mostly my mom oh yeah like, sweet she, lady my, man my mom's so nice oh, yeah. and she just okay honey you know next time someone calls you a bitch maybe just <laughs> you know don't knock their teeth out maybe just maybe just walk away you know but i could see how upsetting it was to her and that was the okay i mean man, i won't be it your mom even has a sweet name like her name's twyla right yeah, <laughs> yeah. she i yeah. actually knew the uh, i gotta be careful how i say this so jesse's mom cut my hair so i knew jesse's mom before i knew jesse yeah. and uh this would be a good lead into that other stuff. And like, she would tell me about her son and he wrestled this, that, and the other. He seemed like a pretty interesting kid. And he's trying to get hired, you know, by the fire department. And he's being a volunteer for Tempe Fire. And, but he fights professionally. And she's telling me all this shit, dude, that like you'd get through. Like, I, before you even told me about getting stiff for the five grand and whatever <laughs> shithole town he was in, she told me about that. Yeah. So, what, so your transition from wrestling into martial into mixed martial arts like what did that happen like i need to make some money like i'm only good with being a big meathead like no yeah i dude i was trying real hard so i i I got all these new tools in junior college and i was having a lot of success in the wrestling mat i wrestled at university nationals and almost placed and that's one of those ones where it's all it's all the top d1 guys Mm -hmm. that are coming in and i was i was fired up man so i wanted to transfer from juco to division one which at the time my head was probably a little too big looking right. back on it like i should have just taken whatever came my way and wrestled at a four-year school and been happy with it for sure but i was like oh, i'm too good for that i gotta go d1 and so i want to go to asu so i tra- right. i went up to mesa and i was trying to transfer from junior college to division one but you got to have a certain amount of credits like i think back then it was like 60 60 or 40 something no it was uh it was like you had to have a percent of your major done oh well, i hadn't even declared a major like they're like, what do you want to do gardening, with your life? I'm bro. Like, I'm, I'm a gardening major. I have major. no idea. Like, <laughs> I'm 19 years old. I just learned to tie my shoes yesterday. Like, how are you going to ask me what I'm going to major in? For like, And to me, like when you said, like, I'm going to major in something, you know, that was like, that's what I'm doing with my life. So I'd be sitting back like, oh, my God, it's big decisions. You know, yeah. like, well, how about communications? Oh, okay, sounds sounds great. Sweet. You know, that's all, all the athletes. All the athletes are in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> major in electives or communications, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, but long story short, I didn't have a whole lot of help, so I was working a full-time job, taking 20-something credit hours at Mesa, trying to run. I was in ASU's room for a year, right. you know, trying to be present and, and keep my skills up and, and then transfer. And, you know, there was a guy named Ryan Bader there at the time. He was getting ready to leave because he's a couple years older than me, so I was going to try and fill that spot, but... Dude, just didn't work out. Yep. And uh, it's had, funny in life how shit like you think you're gonna do one thing, and those yeah. you're like, what the fuck? I was so broke. It was just like, all right, I gotta figure something else out. So, well, in trying to make money, a, a guy that I was hanging out with at the time was like, hey, you got you fight in Raging Cage, you get you five hundred bucks, and I was like, okay, yeah, five hundred bucks, bucks sounds real good right now. I can yeah. fill my you know fill my truck up. I can afford to feed myself. That's awesome. Let's do that. And then hey, one thing led to another, man. It just kind of I felt like I did that first fight. I blinked my eyes, and then I had you know. 
seven years and some change in the game. Because you were on the Ultimate Fighter pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I only had one fight. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, yeah you're, t- you're awesome. telling me. That's crazy. So I uh, I had the one fight. I didn't, do, I didn't know anything else besides Like the wrestle. one Rage in the Cage fight? Yeah. Like one local fight? And they're like, one local hey, fight want to go to the National? <laughs> against a guy who was wow. like yeah. four and two or something like that. Like really? he, he was, I remember he was like a, I think he was like a jiu-jitsu blue belt or something. And um, I came out, I just blast double. Well, first let me rewind. Like I remember doing it and then the cage door shutting and being like, oh, fuck, I'm really going to like fight a guy. Right <laughs> this is a real deal. Like there's it's people watching, real. everyone's hammered, yelling. <laughs> like, you know, some people are yelling, you're a fag, you're going to get killed, blah, blah, blah. And then other like, people are like, yeah, kick his ass. I'm like, how does everybody know I'm a fag already? Yeah, this is, yeah, exactly. I'm like, how do they know? I'm like, this is kind of fucked up. Like, all right. So they shut the door and I'm looking across and I'm like, all right, we're going to fight. So I won that one. Um, I think I, I beat that guy by submission, actually. I took him down and beat him up a little bit and ended up getting a little arm bar. And I had been training. I had been cross-training some jiu-jitsu yeah. here and there. I, but I, dude, I was – it was probably the sloppiest arm bar you'd ever seen. Yeah. You know, he yeah. just probably didn't mine. either. And then uh, I linked up with this guy named Drew Fickett, who's a complete psycho. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know Drew. From yeah, South Point. Yeah, he's a he's – Why does that name sound familiar? Yeah, we were, we were good buddies for a while. He just – he he's, he went 918 and – that's a whole different. That's a whole other. podcast. Yeah. D- tell me what nine eighteen. Nine eighteen is a term in you know public safety for someone who's uh, you know got uh, mental issues, a little yeah. mentally unstable, crazy, crazy yeah. for yeah. lack crazy. of a better term. But um, yeah, so he went off the deep end. Anyway, he's like, and this is just gonna give you an idea how he was. He's like, bro, you got to get on this Ultimate Fighter show. And I go, why? He's like, cause you'll kill everyone. <laughs> and like, I was okay. like, really? I was like, all right, let's do this. They pay money for that. <laughs> so. <laughs> It really is that simple. Like there was nothing. There was nothing complicated about it. Yeah. And he's like, "We got to make a video that separates you from all these idiots." The put. I was like, "Okay." So we just made. Do you have the video? I want to watch it. I I, I don't know if I. I I'll try and find it somewhere. But uh, dude, it's basically just me. We're just just acting a fool. Like there's one. I'm like dancing with a mop in the ring, and like I think I said like Jesse Forbes. Like he's a lover, you know. He's he's but watch out he's a fighter too and it was just goofy you know what I mean so we sent this we sent this video we sent this video off and then I get a call from someone at Spike TV and they're like hey we want to bring you out and interview you and I was like what I was like really yeah and they go yeah I go where's that at and they go Vegas and I go I can't afford to get out there like no we fly you out we put you up for you know the week that you're here and you know feed you and stuff and I was like okay bring your mop with you yeah I was like yeah sounds sounds good man so I had just turned 21 I mean like oh I want to say my birthday was in October I was there <laughs> I was there like November 1st oh my God. so again just 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 kind of roaming through the world so they bring me to the station <laughs> casino and they go all right here's your room um hey don't leave here this is a tv show we're trying to keep things under wrap we'll call you when you're ready and you will feed you square three square meals a day so I, thumbs up guy leaves yeah. I grabbed my shit and I left yeah went right to the casino started drinking playing craps well Four hours into it, I'm probably like six or seven drinks deep, having a great time. Yeah. Gambling. I'm actually up, which never happens for me. Yeah. And uh, the guy comes running over. He's like, dude, where have you been? Like, I went to your hotel room. I've been searching for you. And I'm like, I'm right here. You told him not to leave. I'm in the hotel. I'm in the hotel still. And he he looks at me. He's like, your interview is in like 10 minutes. And I go. All right. all right, and I this time I had no. I, I didn't think I was getting bro. on. I'm not going to get on this show. Are you serious? Push your seven drinks deep. You're like, yeah. I'm good. I'm the best yeah. dancer ever. Yeah. He I'm looks at me. He looks at me and he goes, "Are you drunk?" And no. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I go, "Are you?" He's like, "No." It's like, "All right, let's go." So whatever. I show up in this room and it's a bunch of. You can just tell they're obviously you know executives and you know, some highfalutin people on the Dana White. 
they sit down and they ask me a bunch of stupid questions and I give them a bunch of stupid answers. And yeah. Then, and we're, there was like an awkward silence and I was like, big gulps, huh? I was like, well, you guys done? Is this interview over? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I go, sweet, I'll see you guys later. And I just left. I went back and they had to give me some per diem money. So that's what I was gambling with and hanging out. Right. So I was, yeah, I went back to my hotel room. I slept and the next day they're like, I was thinking we're going to leave. Yeah. You know what I mean? They go, hey man, we're going to put you through medicals and stuff like that. And I was like, why? And they go, well, you passed your interview. I was like, I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. All right. So we went through medicals and all that. And again, man, I was just having a good time the whole time. Just acting yeah. a fool. You're 21 in Vegas. Yeah. We would go to a single we, on between a doctor's appointments and physicals and all that. Yeah. We would, we would stay at casinos and me and some other guys were drinking just having yeah. a good time. And then what else are you going to do? I, I came back home and then like I was, I think I was prepping for my, my, my second fight and I got a call and they're like, Hey man, you're going to be a cast member. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, how much does this pay? Are you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, how much? How much is that? I got, I got, I got to work. And they told me, I was like, oh, okay, okay, I can survive on that. It's how pretty, much? It's pretty good. It was a couple grand a week for eight, for for, <laughs> for, eight, for eight weeks and twenty one. And then they, then they paid you. I think it was back then. It was like we'll give you five grand to fight, which is really pennies. You know, it's nothing. But at twenty one, twenty one, super I was happy. Like, yeah, yeah I, was, I was all You had one fight. You're like, I went. You you went ten times your initial winning. Yeah, I didn't get paid at all for my first one. <laughs> for oh, one fight? No. You didn't get paid the 500 bucks? Mm-mm. Oh, Jesus. No. No, Rage in the Cage never gave me anything. Bastards. It was, uh, it was some sponsors that ended up giving it to me because they felt bad because they... Because the guy shorted you? Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a terrible world. So, yeah, and then that... Then, that <laughs> then I went on the show. And then just kept fighting. Yeah, I got on the show. Obviously, I had... Dude, those guys were... There was a bunch of seasoned vets. You had Mike Bisping. You got him, Kendall Grove, who was pretty good. Yep. Uh, a guy named... Um, uh, Ed Herman, who was already like, I want to say he was like 16 and 2 as a pro. Right. Like, I'm 1 0. I'm nobody. <laughs> All I can do is wrestle. Like, I came in a, drunk to an interview a, and they thought I was good on the show. A, it's a joke. Like, I, I'm like, uh, clearly I'm, you know, they yeah. want me to act like an asshole on TV. And yeah. I did a little bit. Right. Um, but it was definitely different once I got there. It was, you know, super humbling. I'm trying with these guys and. They're like, you're pretty tough, man, but you don't like know a whole lot. I'm like, yeah. Hey, tell me. I just tried out. Fuck, here I am. <laughs> and those guys were pretty good to me, man. Like, they, uh, they treated me a little bit different because I was so much younger. Like Bisping was thirty years old on that show. Yeah, you're wow. the kid. You know, he was he yeah. was already well established. He had fought in K one already, which is a, a big, well known kickboxing. Yeah, um, you weren't a threat to them. Was, no, no, I think yeah. you know the worst thing they worried about because the fights were shorter because they were TV. They were on two five minute rounds. They worried about a big wrestler holding them down and just eking out a decision. So, you know, it's funny they talked a lot of shit to me, but when in, when it was. You know, just us and the kind of the cameras were off. They were super cool, man. Like they were showing me all kinds of stuff when we were training, and it was a good, it was a, it was a good experience. I, I I liked it. I would never do it again. Right. It was weird being on TV like that, coming home, yeah. and you'd be in Target or something like that, looking at underwear, and just dudes staring at you, and you'd be like, "What's the name?" Like, hey, this fucking guy staring at me. I don't know what what his yeah. deal is. You know, they get close, and like, "Hey, man, just recognize you from the show." I'm like, "Oh, damn it." Just just awkward. I yeah. It's not for me. You know, some people love it. I'm not one of them. I'm not that guy either. Yeah. So. But being on that show afforded me the opportunity to, to fight full time. You know, there were sponsors out there that liked it and they wanted to, you know, me to wear their brand or whatever right. else. And yeah. I kind of had a had a unique deal. You know, there were sponsors that would pay us. I mean, a couple of guys monthly, and we didn't have to work. We just trained. Yep. Um, and it's tough to give a kid that kind of money. It's not like a ton of money, but to give a younger guy like before you're 25 and that your whole brain's developed you that kind of money. You're just like, well, like squirrel. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. I'm blow yeah. this. Do that. And probably running crazy. Um. But obviously, that translated to further success, further uh, reinforcement of like hard work and like surrounding yourself with people that are higher talent, to, you know, to kind of raise that level. 
And then, you know, why did you get out of fighting just because you knew that's like, hey, I'm not I'm not going to the big show. I'm over here grinding out. People are ripping me off. I'm not making, you know, like the money they need to. Like, I need to get a real job. Well, kind of going back to the transition to things, you know, like Mike talked about you go from high school to college wrestling. It's a complete transition. Like, you get humbled. You're the little guy on the totem pole now. Well, like, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that. I did. It was like having a whole new set of things to shoot for. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't accomplish anything close to what I wanted to in wrestling. You know, I had success. It was nice yep. and everything, you know, looking back on it. And it was, I think it was more so than most people that wrestle at all, just in the grand scheme of things. Um, but with mixed martial arts, it was like, wow, this is cool. I got to learn all these new disciplines now, which I have no idea about. And it was, I just, I liked that. It was, it right. gave me something to do every single day. I was focused. And, you know, aside from being a kid, I was super focused on that. I trained two, three times a day. I lived in a gym for yeah. the longest time. Um, but then it got serious. You know, then I wanted to do well. I wanted to be the champ. I wanted to go to these organizations and, and rec shop. And I wanted to be the best fighter I could be. And I, you know, I, uh, I trained my balls off for, you know, seven years. Um, I think it got to a point where I was, yeah, I was getting stiffed here and there. Um, you know, pro sports is cutthroat. It's not it's like, you know, it's not like, you know, wrestling. You know, you lose a tournament. You have a bad tournament. Whatever, dude. There's another one coming up. You know, or or this is another year, and then until it's over, obviously. But yeah, yeah, pro sports, and unless you're making millions of dollars to kind of compensate you and go, "Hey, this fucking sucks," but I'm 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 going to be set for the rest of my life. I don't find that it's um, all that worth it. And then you're constantly chasing that 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 dream of being a real good fighter, getting that recognition, getting a belt, maybe. But at the same time, you're suffering financially. And what I had seen with um, some guys that I that I respected and liked is, you know, they were. Over the hill now. I mean, well, let's say they were 35. They're the age, you know, that I am now. Yeah. And they had nothing to show for it. Yeah. You know, their bank accounts are overdrawn. You know, their relationships are in the shitter. They, or they don't have any. You know, they're divorced. They got kids that are, you know, off and they have their own families now because they can't financially support them. I just didn't want to be in that in that boat. So I, I started taking – I was still fighting, doing all my stuff, uh, but I started exploring uh, the fire department. And I would run into a guy that uh, his kid trained at the gym. And he's like, hey, man, you, know, you should think about testing for the fire department. And I remember just like, you know, why? Yeah, skeptical. What, what do you? Yeah. What do you? I, I hear it's like a frat. You know, you guys are like frat boys running around. I did. That's just that's the yeah. image I had. Yeah. I had been in a it's little. Totally act, like a frat. Yeah, I had been. In an, <laughs> I had been in an accident when I was like seventeen. I was in the back of an Ambo, and I was a little concussed, and I couldn't talk that well. And I was like, <clears> actually, with Chandler, it's funny. And uh, the guys were asking me questions, and they were talking shit, and I was just like. They thinking that I'm not all there, you know what I mean? And I wanted, I like wanted to sit up like, hey, fuck you, man, you touch me. But I was real concussed, and I was just kind of like, nah. <laughs> you know, I was like, I know what you're doing right now. You're making fun of me, but that's kind of the image I had. And then, like Mike said, I rode along for the first time. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, you guys get to drive down the street with the lights and sirens. People move out of the way. I'm like, this is cool. And I can still train on my days off. Yeah, and that was the thing. They're like, dude, you only work ten days a month. And I was like, say that again. Yeah. And uh, on paper, it sounds good. It really does. It <laughs> does. Like, yeah, this is the, amazing. The guy who got me into the job <laughs> neglected to kind of tell me everything that goes with it. And yeah. don't by all means, I'm not knocking it. But uh, oh no, it's a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you find out when you're doing it for a while that like, hey, it's it's not all sunshines and rainbows. Yeah, your you cancer know. rates are through the right, roof. Right. <laughs> you're gonna be up for 24 hours, and, and then you're gonna come home and be an asshole or try not to be an asshole to your family and the, you're going to come back to ship and you're not going to be recovered. Yeah, it's 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 not the easiest job, yeah. but there are some benefits for sure. So I, I worked pretty hard for a few years getting my foot in the door um, just because when I was testing or trying to get or got involved, that was when a recession hit. Nobody was hiring. You know? Yeah. I think Phoenix's last class was like 083. Yeah. Uh, nobody else was doing anything. So I took that time to, to, to volunteer and just volunteer my hours and I worked for um, a guy in Tempe, he was a battalion chief at the time named Greg Reese. He's the chief chief now, but I heard he's um, a good dude. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, we're still good friends to this day, man. We make it a point to meet up and that's awesome. And, and 
have a beer and, and catch up. But uh, no, phenomenal individual, and you know, I had no idea what a what a big fish in a small pond he was. How well known he was at the fire service. I just remember. Oops, sorry, I almost took your mic out. That's right. I just remember he's no like, hey, you want you? I started out doing like what red shirts do in Phoenix. Yep. And then they had hired somebody else within the city to take. Yeah, that but the job red shirts over. got paid. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get paid. It was <laughs> your, volunteer shit, basis. your shit yeah. was free, right? And I just remember him. He's like, hey, you want to come work with me at training? And I was like, Greg Ruiz, battalion chief. I was like, yeah, cool, man. Your Spanish is pretty good, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was reading his name on his shirt. So anyway, long story short, we worked together for a couple years, and he helped me uh, He helped me get my job in Phoenix. Gotcha. Yeah, they, actually, they're probably pissed that, that, that you didn't end up there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I mean, it happens. Who knows? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put all that time in. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're glad to have you for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, during that time, you know, it was like, and, and I was still fighting the whole time, too. And I was 27 when I got hired. I was really starting to hit my stride in the MMA game. Like, I had taken out some good guys. I was putting together some real good wins. Uh, I don't know if you know, just a couple shows ago, a guy named Anthony Smith fought, um, what's his name, the 205-pound belt, uh, John Jones for the really? title. Yeah, I knocked him out in 2011. Damn. Um, so, granted, that was, dude, that was a long time ago. We all, you know, he gets better, I get better, you know, whatever yeah. else. But I was really starting to put some good things together. So I was on the fence about it right. a little bit. And then I was like, nah, t- you know, you got offered a job. Burn you, the you hand. Take, yeah, and plus at that time I got injured. I, I was back in the boat of having no money. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was selling my stuff to keep my head afloat. So when the fire department called and said, you want a job? I was like, yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I can do this for sure. Because yeah. that's a grind, man. To go, you, you said you fought seven years. Mm-hmm. Like no money up and down, don't yeah. know, no no medical insurance. Mm-hmm. Like you get hurt, you're getting concussed, like all whatever it is. Cause I'm sure you got concussed before yeah. in fighting or whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's a funny thing too. Like when you came through the academy, guys, like firemen are the grace of knowing everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like just because they watched a 30 minute TV show on it. I'm like, I remember someone talking like, oh, that guy's not that tough. I'm like, dude. You do not understand what a professional fighter is. I'm like, uh, same thing happened with Kellen too. Like, you know, uh, they're like, you know, it's almost like, oh, he's not that tough. I'm like, you do not want to get in the way of his fist or his foot because it's gonna hurt. And you're gonna remember that for a long time. It's like people don't understand. Like people that don't fight or have never wrestled, like they don't understand like how to judge distance, like how to like any of that stuff. It's like if you get within a certain range, you're going lights out. And then like, and then our, our like. I remember as you stayed on the job longer and guys would see you hit mitts or hit the bag or stuff like that. And, and, and they're like, dude, have you seen Forbes hit the bat? I'm like, dude, he's a professional fighter. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's, it, it's probably rattling or, or, or whatnot. And, uh, then I'm like, you guys just don't understand like what it takes. Like that guy was a professional for seven years. Like that's, that's a big deal. And I think some people, uh, they just don't realize that all the work that goes into it, all that other stuff. Like you're basically a fucking highly tuned <laughs> Killing machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you put that much effort in anything, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be as high level as you wanna be. Yeah. You know, it's all all about effort, you know, whether it's wrestling, fighting, jujitsu, you know, fire department. If you put all the effort in, you put the work in and you do the research and you constantly trying to progress, you're gonna be you're gonna be yeah. whatever level you wanna be. But well, then when you have natural talent ability and you're yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you're naturally a little angry like you. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a few other little quirks in there, but it's funny when I got hired I had every intention of going back to it, you know, after I was off probation and stuff like that. And right. um this is somewhere along the line, man. I just uh, I lost that love and feeling for it. As far as I, I don't get me wrong, I loved I loved the grind. Yeah. I did. I liked having something to shoot for. I haven't you know having a, a fight contract to sign. Going, I'm doing this on this date, and this is what I need. And you know, it's mostly gave you a, a purpose. You know, there was some struggles there with having like I felt like a purpose for a little while. Right. But man, getting hired in the fire department afforded me so many more opportunities to like 
pursue things that I couldn't before because yeah. I was in the gym all day long. And like, you had money. Like metal work. And yeah, I had money and health insurance. Weird. Yeah. Um, you know, just I had hobbies now. And I wanted a family, man, one day. And I, I mean, I do now. But, yeah. um, you know, you can do that stuff. Doing that. If How I was happy just, was your mom? Yeah, my mom was pretty happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time happy. she was like, every time I go to cut her, like he's getting ready. She could tell she's like scared and like doesn't know what what's gonna yeah. happen. She's probably super stoked. My poor little mom. She called me one time after a fight. Uh, I fought a guy named Chris Camozzi. He was real good. I handed him his first loss. I think he was eight and zero when we fought in Canada, and he tuned me up pretty good for about two and a half rounds. And I ended right. up catching him in the third and submitting him. Um, but uh, my mom called me. She left me a message. She was hammered. My mom never drinks. Yeah. I've, I've never seen her <laughs> drunk. But I'm like, she's like slurring her words. She's <laughs> like, I'm so proud of you. I'm in this bar to watch your fight. And these guys were buying me drinks because you're my son. She's like, nah, I got to figure out how to get home. She's like, but honey, honey, your modeling career, it's over. So, <laughs> your modeling I had career. A, I, had a face, I had a face full of stitches. <laughs> I was so bloody. Like my nose was split. Ended. My head was split. My chin was split. It was a mess. But Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a special thing. But it sounds like, too, like, uh, very good transition now. Like, like you were able to fill that with jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, so I, all my energy was going towards fighting. To and, yes. Yeah, my energy was going into fighting and then learning this fire department thing and trying to get hired, you know, doing interviews, all that stuff. And then, um, you know, once you got to shift work, I was like, well, oh, I get two days off. Now what do I do with myself? And yeah. I was kind of, like, twiddling my thumbs, like, now what? So I was like, well, I mean, I've loved combat and wrestling my whole life. So, yep. and I had been training jujitsu obviously to fight. Um, so I just, I just took to that, you know, and that was, I, I hit that hard for a long time. I still do. I mean, it's yeah. it was a big part of my life. Well, that's so. what's filled the gap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I, and the nice thing is I was competing pretty hard for a while, even while I was on the job, just doing that. Cause it's a lot safer. You know what? I'm not going to have to, yeah, it's a lot safer I'm not going yeah, <laughs> to have to take some shifts off cause I had an MMA fight and right. you know, it's, you know, I can, I can avoid getting injured in that, you know, yeah. if someone gets me in something, I can easily end it by tapping yep. and then, sure. Hey, I go to work the next day. It's all good. But, um, that did fill that void, you know, and I, I hit that hard and, um, I, you know, I, I was, uh, I think I was a purple belt when I got hired. Okay, and so you actually went from brown to black, like, it, well, it wasn't that fast, like eight years or something? I went from, well, the whole the whole process took me about ten and a half to get my black belt. I, I still remember that day, like, uh, we're guys that aren't, like, super, we don't get excited for a lot of shit. I think that, mm-hmm. like, that's a good way to, like, like all of our medals are in a box in the closet. Like, we don't display a lot of our shit, and we really don't talk about mm-hmm. a lot of it. Like, today, people probably learn a lot about you guys um, that they didn't know. But, like, I remember I was leaving the station, and, like, you followed me out, and I was getting ready to get in the Chevelle or something. You're like, hey, man, I, I want to tell you something. And, like, you look like a five-year-old kid. I was like, he's going to tell you something good right now. And he's like, dude got my black belt and the fucking <laughs> smile on your face was like ear to ear. Cause I know that, that you're, I don't know what, what do they call him a professor where you come from or you're a coach or whatever you call it or whatever. I'm not too in, in I, Me I, don't, I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I have been calling professor before. I'm like, it's just Jesse. You're good. man. Yeah. But, um, no, it was a big deal, especially cause my coach is a guy named Gustavo Dantes. He doesn't, he doesn't hand out belts. Right. Um, and then there's the whole culture in jujitsu where, you know, some schools, maybe it's a little easier to get promoted or they're more just about like, you know, the money aspect of it. Well, not him. And we're good friends. So, and he made me pretty much win a, a major tournament at every single um, belt in order to, to earn that. So right. like when I got hired, and so in 2011, I was still a purple belt. I was a purple belt for like five years. And it goes, it goes white, blue, purple, brown, and black. Um, and then um, let's see, what did I do? I can't remember which one I wanted. You want a uh, – okay, not sorry. You're yeah, right. purple. I got promoted to brown, So and I competed pretty heavy in brown. I competed I – I went to Tokyo, Japan in uh, 2013 and won the Asian Open at brown. 
Um, that was a big one. And then it's I pretty w- easy when a bunch of little Asians running around. Here. Oh, dude, it's more than that. You get dudes from Australia <laughs> going over there. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of people, but I know, right? <laughs> your, your people. Yeah, grappling with little Asians. Kind of. Yeah. Um, and then I waited a little while longer. I did some local tournaments. I did some ones in California. And then in 16, I won the Master Worlds at Brown. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, man. Like, mm-hmm. to see your face, like, I got in the car and I was fucking, I had, like, a sense of just joy and happiness just because of that five-minute conversation that, like, you had with me. I'm like, because I've never seen that happy. Yeah. And, like, that's obviously a major accomplishment yeah. to go from brown to black. And I was like, I just remember, I, I'll never forget that morning, dude. Like, I was like, that was, like, one of the coolest moments I've ever shared with you. So I'm like, Jesse is truly fucking happy. Because, like, <laughs> like, often, like, you're a happy guy and, like, yeah. Like, but you don't get excited or like right. overly joyed for your own accomplishment. So to see that on your face, like even right now, it's all coming back to you because I could see it like just a little twinkle, like in your eye, like that, like that tournament. Even when you, did you know it was coming after you won that 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 world championship? Um, I kind of had an idea, but it, even then, so it isn't. It's not really. It, you don't know until you get it. You know right. what I mean? But uh, I won that pretty handily, and then um, it was a good man. Yeah. Then I went back, and my coach told me he's like. I'm Promoting your black belt, and it's in in that world, it's um you know a lot of times you'll go places and be like, for example, I went and trained in San Diego, and I walked in the gym, and I'm like, hey, and they're like, where do you train? I told them I'm like I'm a black belt, and they're like, oh yeah, under who? You know, it's immediately like they yeah. almost like draw the line in the sand. I'm like, oh, you know, Gustavo Dantes in, in Tempe, and they go, oh okay, hey, your math is good, you, you can no pay, yeah, no you're street good. cred, yeah, right you're there good. Instant. I'm like, oh okay, you know, thanks, you know, but um just that that's uh, it's a, it's a big deal. No, and I noticed, like, you know, Mike and I, I think I've only been doing jiu-jitsu for, for a couple months, or we call it pajama wrestling, and Mike's been doing it for how long? Uh, on and off for about two years. About two years now. So, like, the place I go to on a regular basis, like, I've been in your gym, it's like, there's a stark difference. Like, like I, I took my other buddy, Jesse, but remember I was texting that one day, he's like, he was waiting, like, for me to get into your gym on, like, open mat day or whatever, he's like, bro, are, do you think it's okay that, that I'm here? I'm like, why? He's like, there's some, like, real guys in here i'm like oh yeah there's some legit killers in there for sure i'm like you're gonna see a lot of like you might recognize mma guys or like he's like there's a lot of brazilians in here i'm like yeah that's like a legit legit high level like jujitsu place well that's when i you took me to gustavo's Mm -hmm. place uh the first time that i wanted to get into jujitsu and they were i I didn't know anything about it obviously but they were getting ready for nat or for worlds in california yeah Yeah. and uh oh yeah i remember that there was there was there was some sluggers in there that day (laughs) Yeah, my yeah. first day, there was, there was guys from <laughs> Come Norway, on, buddy. right? Yeah. There was like a Norwegian team and yeah. then some guys from Brazil. And, you know, you look at them and they don't look like much. Like no, if you don't. were to see them in a bar and there was a fight, yeah. you'd pick that guy because you knew you were going to win. Wrong pick. Yeah, and it, it was totally the wrong pick. You know, but they, they were, you know, they didn't look like much, but God, they were killers, man. And then one guy I rolled with, he was a white belt, like a three or four stripe white belt. He was about my size. I think he was a lawyer or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, you uh, more yeah, pissed yeah. off, huh? Oh, he fucking yeah. killed me. How mad were you? Oh, dude, I was like, <laughs> this is, what the fuck's the matter with me? <laughs> he's he's rushing at Potato Constellation. He's, oh. had, he's had a rough life. He's a tough dude. Okay. <laughs> Everything's yeah. great to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why did you start, Mike? Uh, I don't know, really. Just uh, get back into, like, wrestling, combat, sports type of yeah. thing. Try to find something else to do. Because, like we said, we had days off my kids were back in school uh, my brother actually started going to uh oh, comes a place to in your mesa brother. your brother went started wrestling and you had to I got, we compete all the time <laughs> yeah, it's like, it'll geez. never stop can't wait for, i can't wait for him to start curling and then you can start curling <laughs> <laughs> and so i went and did an open mat with him and then uh 
yeah, I just uh, started going in and and rolling. And I enjoy it, man. Like I didn't think like Jesse was like, man, I can't, I, I can't believe you didn't, you know, you waited this long to do it. I'm like, just one of those things. Like for me, it's like, man, I want to get in this ego thing and fucking get hurt. I got you know jobs and stuff like that. Like I wanted to stay away from that. But then once I got into, it, I'm like, oh, there's there is some ego in there for some people. But most of the people, especially your gym dude, they're like super cool. No, it's 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 yeah, it's not like that at all. Like it's uh, I think it just obviously depends on the place, but. Um, Jiu-jitsu is one of those things like it's kind of self-managing. You know what I mean? When you're going into a place and you're you're battling each other, you're wrestling, you're putting each other in holes where you can essentially um, at the at the very end spectrum like, kill each other. You yeah. know what I mean? If you were to hold a choke for a long time, you'd but in pajamas, kill. which is weird. yeah, with the <laughs> with the gi. Yeah, uh, you know, I think it's it's tough to have an ego in that. Yeah, there's always someone bigger and better that's gonna oh, beat yeah. your ass, you know. And even for someone like myself, who's bigger, wrestled, fought, and has been doing this for a long time, I run into people all the time that are much better than me. Yeah, and it's that's just the way it is. And there's right. and, I, and I, I like that to be honest with you. Yeah. It keeps me it keeps me even keel, but it also gives me something to shoot for. Yep. You know, there's there's plenty. Of, I mean, there's a 22 year old uh, Brazilian kid that trains with us who's uh, I think he's like he's ranked like third in the world right now, black belt. Like he's phenomenal. Jesus. And I, Dude, I mean, I I can, I, I can stall on him pretty good yeah. and hold him in position and get some stuff on him. And every now and again, like, I might have a victory with him, but that damn is he good. I think he Sometimes came... I just watch him. I'm like, where's he going? <laughs> What's he doing? Oh, wow. Like, that, was, that was cool. Okay. I remember being 22 again. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and he's just, yeah, he's got long straights, but he's technically very, very good. But he's been doing it since he was, you know, five years old. Definitely. So the thing is what you're seeing now is you're seeing a lot of these sports that are kind of new to the U.S., like MMA, um, jiu-jitsu you're seeing you're seeing parents that got their kids into it young when well, now those kids are in their early 20s yeah or they're you know 17 18 years old and they are whirlwinds freaks yeah. they're good there's a couple kids that are like 14 15 at the gym who i go with and only because they're 14 15 i can do what i want but then when they're when they're 21 22 23 i'm gonna, I'm, not, I'm not going with them anymore well i like those kids too because like i like going with the 15 or 16 year olds like when i do because they're fearless yeah they like you know yeah, they like, open up they go for stuff yeah and i suck at jujitsu like let me just say that like i'm horrible but like <laughs> but like when i go to our places like there's men that avoid me just because like they know my background like they're like oh you're the wrestler it's like oh whatever like so like like i've never like been the guy that's been picked last in anything and they're just older dude is like a blue belt pro professional he's like dude how come you're always like no one's ever picking you i'm like i don't know dude he's like he's like you're awesome to roll with but it's like it's just if people get scared or they don't like to deal with that stuff so it's been kind of a weird thing for me now like mike and i kind of talked about well thank god i had mike like my first started going, I'm like, Mike, this is weird, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, guys are asking you, like, even at your gym, they're like, like, how long have you been doing this for? And I'm like, um, it's like my third day or something. And then you don't want to be the, like, the egotistical asshole. It's like, oh, I wrestled in college or I did this or that. So you don't say anything. And then afterwards, they're like, hey, this isn't your third day. I'm like, well, it is my third day, but I wrestled this. Yeah, and then like, okay, problem. so that makes sense or, or whatnot. But it's been like that first kind of transition period into it was a little weird and like, Mike, you talk yeah, because I, I think guys are, especially with white belts, and you can attest to this, they're a little afraid to roll with a white belt because they don't know how crazy they are, right? Like so am I retarded and I don't realize it? Is no. <laughs> so but with, when you've wrestled, you understand how your body works and how to, yeah. you know, we can take people down and not hurt them or we can get taken down and not yeah. get hurt. And right. You don't have these little freak outs or, you know, I don't, I can't remember. The, they used a term at one Spaz. of the gyms. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was something, some, something about a white belt, but. Once they found out, like when I went, you start out as a white belt, you know, and then um, we got promoted to blue belt pretty quickly just because you can't compete at white belt if you've wrestled in college or gotcha. or whatnot. So um, 
But we were holding our own with white belts, blue belts, and even hanging with purple belts to a point. Yeah. You know, because once you get to that purple brown, especially obviously the brown, yeah. those guys, if they hadn't wrestled before, they at least have a background now of some type of wrestling takedowns. They're not defense. good on their feet. No, that's what I know. It's not yeah. good on their feet. Well, they'll pull guard and they'll just go. They'll go for other stuff. Yeah. That they know that you maybe you're not you right. Don't know that well. So, but. But I, I, you know, at first I, we just used our wrestling. Period. And that was, oh, yeah. you know, you take guy down, you side control, and you just lay on him. You know, yeah, get get like the reverse half. I was always doing a half Nelson, and that's the wrong thing to do because yeah. you, you know. But eighteen years of doing this, oh, it's yeah. really hard to to redo that. Who right. can go I under. still wrestle? That's all I do in there. Like I wrestle and I adapt a little bit to jujitsu. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Yeah, and just try to pin a guy, you know, and get used to being on your back, which was really weird at first. You know, oh, yeah. being comfortable back on your back and and whatnot but uh, you have to force yourself in order to do that like all right and i mean there were times where i would go in training like i'm not going to take anybody down i'm pulling guard every single time that's yep. the only way you really get better yeah right. that's what i do now like one of the instructors there like i just get into an uncomfortable spot and like just go from there like it, just because it's like all that other like once i know even now like once i i don't typically have a hard time past someone's guard that is you know not a higher level belt like that's pretty easy for me now so once i get into side control it's easy for me to kind of navigate that world mm -hmm. but when i'm on my back or if someone has my back like i start from there just to kind of get better and that's like goes back to that whole thing of like of like how we put ourselves in uncomfortable s situations to become comfortable yeah. which is i think part of all all of our success is like we're especially like I, I can really the three of us and you know Chris Russell too but like we're comfortable we're comfortable being uncomfortable and we've been that way our whole life because I think because of wrestling yeah you know, I, you, absolutely you, when you, sports like wrestling MMA jiu-jitsu you there's nobody else out there you know it's not like and not to knock any other sports but you can't you can't blame your your shortcomings or your fails on anybody else you know, you can't if you're you know, your quarterback in a shitty game you can't be like oh I got no line you yeah know what I mean and whether that's true or not merely interesting you know but wrestling and jiu-jitsu, it's just you. There's yeah. no one else to blame. And I think when you've wrestled since we were kids, so you already have that feeling of being vulnerable, understanding that it's just you, and there's no one else coming for you, so you have to compete. And on top of having the skill to navigate someone else's body in a little different uh, rule set. Yeah. But So think about the regular person that maybe they grew up playing tennis or something, or they just they don't. This is the first time they know anything about combat sports. Well, oh, yeah. It's intimidating, number one, I think, probably going into the, any, a place like that to in order to put yourself – out there like that, I think yeah. it takes. I think it takes a lot for someone to muster up the confidence to go into somewhere like that and go, "Hey, I'm gonna learn this." And then keep coming back day after day after day. <clears throat> yeah, like I'm gonna get choked yeah. again. again, like, uh, again. Josh, Josh Petrucci is a good example of that. We talked a long time about Josh training. He liked it. He liked it. He liked it. You know, but to Josh, he was a big muscular football player. Yeah, and he'll even tell you this. We've had conversations about it. Just, and Josh is for enough people to know he's my captain at work on Engine Eleven, but. Um, I think that vulnerability um, probably freaked him out a little bit. Oh, of, really? Of putting, well, I think anybody that doesn't know anything about combat sports is oh, putting yeah. themselves out there to fail. He wrestled a little bit, though, I thought. A tiny bit. Yeah, not I much. think anybody putting yourself out there to fail, because you're going to right. a number of times. Oh, yeah. Um, most people are turned <laughs> off by that. So I think to muster up the confidence to go in there and do that and put yourself out there is, is huge. But then you add someone like you in the mix. Yeah. You know, or you in the mix. It's wrestled before, and they're like, no, I'm good. I'm and gonna, yeah, I'm and, gonna, and that's gonna, what I I'm going to figure like. it out with this guy who's kind of in the same boat as me. Yeah. You know, and everyone's different. You, right. you get people who are like, I don't give a shit. Beat, beat my ass. Go ahead. You know, right. I'll just get better. Um, and Josh is one of those people. But because he's been a competitor, because he played, you know, football and yep. the things that he did at a higher level, you know, he doesn't care. Yeah. He's like bringing he's it on. Now. He's progressing faster because of that. But I think, you know, think of the guy who sits behind a computer for 40 hours a week and 
you know, played tennis growing up and doesn't know anything about that. Yeah. You know, it's going to take them probably a little while longer to open up and gain those experiences to where they're, they don't care. I'm like, what are you going to do to me? I've got pinned in spandex while a whole gym was yeah. watching me. Like I like worse experience. <laughs> you can't hurt me. When I was a sophomore, I wrestled 71 and 89. Cause I beat our 89 pound or whatever, but they bumped me up and I wrestled a grown ass man. Like you're talking about at Gilbert. And he literally double. Yeah. Double chicken wing over Ooh. head, head over feet. And then my headgear slid over my eyes. Damn, <laughs> that's, that's, how I got, yeah. that's how I got stuck. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, that's probably like, what, like, what else you can do to me? Like for me, I like the wrestling aspect of it or whatnot. The, um, but for me, I like the game part of it. Yes. Um, and and that's I'm a you know me like I'm a, I'm a thinker, so I'm a chess guy or whatever. So and it's funny too because the higher level belts, like one, he's great dude. They call him the Hulk, big old dude. He's like every time we roll, dude, he's like you make me laugh. He's like as soon as we start, it's like he goes, I can just read your eyes. Like okay, problem number one, solve this. Problem number two, solve that. <laughs> problem number three, solve that. I'm like yeah, that's all I'm doing, solving problems all the way. And he's like, and then I can tell you really want to hurt me. I'm like I don't want to hurt you. He's like no, but you really want to choke me just a little bit. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I do. I'm like, because then the game's over and we get to start and, and like play again. Like that's that's what I like about it. Yeah, oh, I'm with you, man. In in you know, wrestling, MMA, and jiu-jitsu are all people. Some people look at me like I'm crazy when I use this analogy, but it's really it's more of a physical chess match than I would say it is like it is. A, a fight for me. Yeah. And that's just I mean, at first, you know, yeah, you get blood drawn in a fight. You know, you get split open. You have injuries. Just yeah, you do. But that's just kind of. It's part of the game. It just comes with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it is a physical chess match, you know? It's almost, you know, you zig when you should have zagged, and somebody lands a good punch or lands a choke, you're like, ah, yeah. good one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll get you next time. Right. Or, you know, I'll, I'll fix it and move on. But um, the cool thing about gi jiu-jitsu is that it's so technical. Yeah. There's so many different ways to to win and advance and submit or, you know, pass someone's guard or whatever else. I mean, it's 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 truly crazy. Like, you know, you take it off and there's a lot less to worry about because mm-hmm. you don't have as many grips, as many handles, as many, like... It's a wrestling match know, then. Fo- yeah, f- many, uh, like, levers and, and fulcrums as you would without it. But, right. yeah, yeah, I think... I heard a little saying. Someone said, like, you know... Jiu-jitsu with a gi, without a gi is like jiu-jitsu with a telescope. You know, jiu-jitsu with the gi is like a like a microscope. I think, gotcha. you know, I think some Brazilian made that up, but uh, it's, it's it's true. It's true. There's a lot more going on with it, and it was super frustrating for me coming from a wrestling background. You know, you grabbing the wrist, you're grabbing the head, collar tie. Well, now you got sleeves and you know lapels, and yep. you can grab the pants. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, but the second you put your ego aside and you go, all right, what are they doing? Yep. How can I get good at that? You know, you where you you get used to pulling guard and you try and become good from there, and then you start finding success. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, this I'll, is awesome. I'll bait the guy to do the same move that he just choked the fuck out of me with, so I can I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, okay, that's this is how I'm falling into this trap. And like sometimes it takes three or four times. I'm like, I got you, bitch. Now, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's not going again. And like even mm-hmm. one of the black belt dudes, he's like. He's a great guy. Like he's like every time you come through that door, I'm super happy to see it, and I'm scared as fuck at the same time. I'm like, I don't like hearing that, dude. He's like, no. It's like he's like this place is good for you. Like you're a big guy, you're a bruiser, like you're physical. Uh, he's like, but that's that's what I like. He's like that fear and that and that happiness to see. I go, that's how I feel like when I'm coming here. Like some days I have a good day, some days I, like I don't have a good day. Yeah. Like you know, something's like sometimes it hits on all all five cylinders or four cylinders. I mean, but um, but like for me, they're pushing me to compete, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to <clears> fall in that trap. Like, like like are they pushing you to compete? Oh yeah, all the time. I think I'm gonna end up breaking. <laughs> what do you think, Jesse? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, you know what though? It's it's fun. I think you I think you'll enjoy it. Right. You know what I mean? Do a local tournament or something like. 
like that, you know. And um, I do every now and again. I'm, I'm just to the point now where I've I've competed so much in my life that yeah. I, I have other things I want to devote my time to. Well, and I, I don't I don't too. have I, I don't have a whole lot of things that I, I don't have to I don't have to prove anymore. Yeah. So I'm 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 good if I never if I never competed again. Right. Um. I just like to train. I like to tell I stay in shape. You know, it's actually a therapy too. For sure. You, know, you have a rough shift or whatever you go in your life, you go in and, and train a couple hours. You just yeah. seem not to care about a whole lot anymore, and you can kind of hit the reset button and go yeah. about your business. But choke somebody and you feel better. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I want to focus like because my boy does jujitsu now. You know, he's right. been doing it for a couple of years, and so I want to focus on him going to tournaments, and I don't want to have to train again you know what i mean like try to split the time with him and me so that's my problem and like i think you're probably the same way like once once i go like i'm gonna compete then it's like all in it is and that's that's yeah. you know <laughs> and i can honestly i don't have the time like the, some of the bigger tournaments that i've like they have some fight to win promotions here that, that you get paid money to do right. and all that and like i've been invited to it like hey do it we'll pay you but i'm like i can't put i can't put forth all the effort that i would want to yeah because of the life that i have right. well that i've chosen you know so i'm like uh you know, if I can't go 100% and, and, and show up on game day 100% ready in my mind, I don't, I'm, I'm out. And we're all similar that way. I think a lot of successful people are that way. We're either, you know, all in or we're zero. Yeah. Like, there's no middle gear for us. Like, right. we're either going to commit to this and, like, you know, succeed at it or we're not going to do it at all because we just can't put in yeah, and the, and the, for it. And the reward to me is not worth the sacrifice anymore. Right. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, I'd, rather, I'd rather sense. go home, hang out with my little guy and... Yeah, to whatever. But I still, I still take the time to go train because because it's it's healthy. And I don't, you know, I've been doing it so long. Like I wrestled, all that fought, and just you know, I don't want to lose those skills. You know, what I mean, I think no. they're important just for well for I, life. You know, I love it. Like like I, like after going, like you know, like you telling me, like dude, I don't know why you didn't do this sooner. Like I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like I didn't, I didn't, um, I don't know why. But but now I think it was a perfect perfect time for me. Um, um, that uh to do it because i'm you know you guys aren't 40 yet but you're knocking on the door or whatever but like <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a perfect time for me because it's like now nah, i'm okay being lazy because i call it fat man's wrestling too yeah where you can like lay on someone and like well, it's not as intense as like wrestling was yeah you, know you, I mean? you don't have to stay you, busy you, you, you can't make it like that in some Absolutely. instances but 90 percent of the time it's not but you can choose to either turn up the volume or, or like turn it down oh, so yeah. it's perfect for me so i'm like mm-hmm. all right now this is my this is my four six minute uh little go in a row, I'm just gonna lay on you for about two minutes, <laughs> get some energy back, yeah. and then I'll ramp it back up. I got the dominant position. You do something. Yeah, yeah. Right. you have to escape. You yeah. Know? Well, I, you know, the injuries too are well, starting to manifest. You know what I mean? The old injuries. Oh well, yeah. Just getting a little older, even though we're not technically old. Yeah. But you know, from wrestling well, for, for so long and the job and all that stuff, you have these little nagging injuries that kind of start manifesting. And then when yeah. you do jujitsu, I can only go. We talked about that. Yeah, remember? I mean, yeah. I go. When I do go in a in a concession, like I'll go once or twice a week oh, or yeah. a month, and then I'm like, dude, I gotta take a month off because yeah. <laughs> you beat the shit. Well, yeah, I mean, I got two bulging discs in my neck, and I had shoulder surgery, knee surgery. I'm like, shit, fucking hurts. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I need to take some sure. time to you know be cool and start doing like the functional old patterns, fun- functional yeah. pattern stuff, and yeah. loosening the body up because. Oh, dude, hundred percent honesty. So like, I was talking to Jesse about this, but when I first started going, I'm like. What the fuck is wrong with me? Like yeah. the first day I went, next day I'm like, I feel like I just got ran over by a box truck, and then it went reverse and ran over me, and I'm like, this will go away, dude. I'm just my body's getting adjusted. So then like week two went, week three went, week four went. I'm like, 
what is wrong with me? And then finally I adapted, but like in that six week period that it took my body to adapt, I was like heavy cryotherapy, heavy hot yoga. Like I was doing everything. I'm like, what is wrong? And then, it, and then my body uh, uh, adapted. But then you and I were talking about it too. I'm like, why do I feel like I have tennis elbow in both my elbows? Oh yeah. Is both elbows. My fingers hurt. Oh, every day. Like, yeah. Every day my fingers hurt. Now. Joints hurt just yeah. period. Like when, you, when, you know, when you haven't, when you start doing it, I mean, you think your muscles are all built up from grabbing wrists. And even if you were to do that again, you'd be sore for a little while. But I think in jiu-jitsu, you use so much, so many more new accessories than you Crazy. did before, especially with the grip and the, and the gi and everything like that. And yeah, elbows are definitely one of them where you're like, oh, dude. Well, if you get armbar <laughs> one time and you, yeah. you just feel that pop, pop, you know, yeah, and, and that's, it's, well, that's one of those things like that we talk about ego too, is like, you know, when I, there are certain people I know that if they get something on me, I probably need to tap quick. And I've, I've told them too, I've had talks to people, I'm like, hey, if you get something, don't yank it off. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't do that to you. I'm like, early and often. I, I got to go to work. <laughs> yes. You got to go to work. Yeah. Like, if you get a, a, a joint manipulation, like, oh, yeah. just assume you got it. Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're good. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, well, it's, yeah. it's funny too, because with, 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 with the white belts or whatever, like I'm with or whatever, like, I know when I have something and I just give it up. And they're like, no, dude, go ahead and finish it. I'm like, no. I'm like, no. Because if like I give the effort to like really push the arm bar because you're fighting it and then I snap your freaking yeah. elbow, I'm like, I'm going to feel like a total asshole. Like I'm okay knowing <laughs> yeah. I have it. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm just going to give it up to you. But like I'm the same way. It's like I want to go to work the next day and do shit like that. Like, well, I'm, again, that's that ego, right? Is yeah. being able to, to tap and uh, just say that, yeah, you fucking got me. I got no pride left, bro. You know? <laughs> you got it. Let's move on. We'll, 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 hey, Next one wins. We'll do it. Yeah, exactly. um, every time, next one wins. Two out of I three. Got it. Okay, I got Three out of five. Five yeah. out of seven. Well, like a lot. <laughs> it's funny, and I, I not to switch gears, but like I, uh, I enjoy passing it on now a lot more than I think I ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, and recently it's been like at work. You yeah. know, I bring a mat in and, you know, uh, just me and Patrice will be doing some stuff because yeah. he started training, and then other guys like, hey, you know, like, uh, what are you doing over there? Yeah. What's, what's Put on going your pajamas. On? Come on. Yeah, I'm like, hey, man, come check it out. You know, and then you go through it, and all of a sudden you see the gears start turning. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And the next thing you know, you got, you got them rolling. And, right. But yeah, you have to, I have to manage that. I'm like, yeah. hey, listen, hey, easy. Because firemen, ag- yeah. aggressive. <laughs> uh, uh, you, they want to win. They don't want to get the, the vulnerability aspect we were talking about. They'll start yeah. scrapping, scrapping, scrapping. I'm like, oh, yeah. Just, Easy, and, but it really is when they start when they get tired. Yeah, is really when they start to get the most out of it. I think, right? Because they slow down; they're not so tense anymore. They focus on what I'm saying and yeah. them doing it. And they're like, "Oh, that's a lot easier. I don't want to work as hard and the technique and da da da." But yeah, <laughs> T- typical fireman. I'm just gonna do it harder. Yeah, and I love that. Don't get me wrong; I love that. This I, isn't working. I'm just gonna do it harder. Yeah, I I, I, I dig that, man. It makes me smile ear to ear. But yeah, you you're got, laughing. Yeah, at I'm him. like, yeah, it's awesome. I'm like, go harder. I I, I dig it. Believe me. Um, but yeah, let's 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 slow our rolls here. Just just don't worry about it if you get beat or not. It's it's all good. Mike, do you ever think you'll compete in jujitsu? No, yeah, never. No, I've, no, Has your brother I've, competed yet? Yeah, he uh, last year he did the. Um, I don't. I can't remember what it was. One of the ones at Phoenix College and. At know. blue belt, he was in uh, Masters one. He won his weight class in the open. Um, Damn! So he still likes to compete, and I, I swear it's uh, all. It all goes back to that high school senior year <laughs> when he lost. I mean, it's it's still in him. Like it's he, a motivator. it's still a motivator. You're I'm satisfied like, he's not. Yeah. I, I like. I am cool. I'm <laughs> like, like I'm two times. I don't need to. Com- yeah. You know, like I don't need to prove anything to anybody about you know that. And I can go into the gym and roll and get my ass kicked or you know do vice versa to someone else and well that's a fine okay. line too because like there's and, and we talked about it in eric hill's uh podcast about filling an empty hole mm-hmm. like you got to be careful like keep, you're you're chasing things yeah 
because there's an empty hole that was never filled back from, I'm not saying this is your brother, but yeah. like through high school or the, the tournament you didn't win or whatever. And you just keep filling that hole, keep filling that hole, keep filling that hole. And it's like, just like, be okay with the fact that that just happened. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I was so angry about high school and where I placed and how right. I, you know, especially for the year that I had, it yeah. went away a l- most for the most part when I had that all American plaque, yep. took fourth in the country in college. So that was cool. Obviously I wasn't a national champ. That was the goal, but it all seemed to just kind of settle. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I'm kid, Kind of. Yeah. And there's yeah. different, <laughs> I mean, there, dude, like, trust me, like, like I didn't have the high school or college career that I wanted. Like, I think for, for us, it's like they they wrestled at the next level. It's like, if you don't win a national championship, there's something left unsaid. Yes, and for sure. Exactly. It, it'll always be that way, yeah, and that's is. okay. But I don't. But I don't wake up in the morning and think about that shit. Like, no, I, I. That shit may cross my mind once a month, once every six months, something like that. But it doesn't you, define who who we are as people. No, no, no. And I think you find different places to to not not fill it, but apply that 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 same that work ethic and the good things that you got from it. You know, what right. I mean, like I've to have been a UFC champion and a multiple time black belt world champion in jiu jitsu. Yeah, sure. It just yeah. It doesn't mean it wasn't successful because I didn't <laughs> get that. It was very successful for sure but you know now it's just you know you, you apply that to everywhere else in your life those things that you got from it and i think without like i lost uh like you know crucial match in high school stuff like that um uh but like that stuff fed who i am today but didn't define me like mm-hmm. like like it helped me get over whatever thing that i thought i was because i think when you're a kid and even maybe some people are this way as adults i'm not that way but like you you think you're perfect and you can be perfect and you can win everything and take everything and, and like succeed at everything but those early lessons that we learned is like dude no sorry that's not how the world yeah. fucking works no absolutely <laughs> you know, like and you and you did it in college whereas yeah. you know jesse and i happened to us in high school and, and then we fed off that stuff or whatever so and now i you know different goals as you get older like yeah you know i want to see my boy i want to help coach him because i coach him in football and right. i try to teach some wrestling because he he doesn't want to do wrestling right now he What's wants wrong to just do jiu-jitsu you're ready to disown him aren't you oh it was that that year was it was a rough year <laughs> for you or for him both <laughs> so because i when i was coaching i was helping at basha high coach the little guys well yeah. I, I have a real hard time coaching little guys just because yeah. i um i can't get down to that level of uh yeah simplicity well, simplicity and uh, patience. Oh, like I have right. a lot of patience for certain things, but that's yeah. not one of them. And uh, especially when my boy's doing it, because I'm trying to teach him this that Iowa style of wrestling that really aggressive. Yeah. But he's not not ready for. He's that not yet. there yet. Yeah, you not know. Ready for and it. so that that was tough. And and teaching him too that like because he plays a bunch of different sports where a lot of these kids he was going against that's all they do is wrestle. So he's getting his ass kicked. Right. And I'm trying to tell him like. That's all those kids do. Like, yeah. throw that kid a football and see if he can catch it. I guarantee right. he can't catch it, right. you know? So trying to let him see farther down the road. And, you know, I didn't start wrestling until later anyways. So, but, you know, focusing on being a good dad and a good husband and being good at our job and doing those things and then using jujitsu as kind of like a, a day off going to the gym. Healthy outlet. Health, yeah, and that's it. Okay. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever compete. Like, I like as like because they have on a board, like, all the – tournaments that are coming up stuff like that with people's names and like they're starting to pull me into the competition class like without me asking <laughs> like all right all the white belts go so i'm like start walking over the white belts like oh no you're coming over here with all these guys and all that stuff so they're really tr- they're really trying to get me to go that way i may eventually break i would like to do one just for the uncomfortable factor or whatever but i don't know we'll see the cool like thing about jiu-jitsu is you're not you know it's not like you're gonna you're gonna go out and compete against a you know a 19 year old world beater 
that's yeah. on this pro circuit. You're comp- you, it's cool. I like how they have it divided up in divisions and age and age group. You know, you don't go against anybody that's more than like two or three years older than you are. That's good. And then you're at the same rank. I'd so, like to go against the sixty year olds. Can, <laughs> yeah. can I do that? Yeah, you'll be on the Masters too. It's like thirty six <laughs> to forty or something so, like yeah. that. Yeah, I'll be Masters yeah. three or yeah. whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> so yeah. I'm fast. Well, I think now. guys are like, oh, 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 how old is he? Oh, okay. I think I could beat up a guy my age. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 That. But I, then you see twenty five. You're like, no, I'm good. Yeah, that's actually a lot more comfortable knowing that. They're like, yeah. oh, do that? Like, it's everybody like, okay, cool. That's all. That's actually probably better. Well, that's why the IBJJF, the governing body for jiu-jitsu, is so successful because they have these massive four-day tournaments, but everyone gets to go against right. you know their own their own division, their own group, and their own their own rank, so that it, you don't have such a separation in you know in talent. So or, if I go to a tournament, they'll just be like, obviously, like. I don't want to be promoted earlier or anything like that, but they're like, okay, you just like, cause I don't want to like, someone's like, well, they, you can go to a white belt thing. I'm like, eh, that's not fair, man. Like, that, I don't know that they, I mean, with a college background, I don't know if the, they'd let you, right? It just depends on your training. I mean, it, I think there's a lot of aspects going to, if you take a guy like, um, what's the guy's name? It just Ed Ruth. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Who wrestled at Penn state and was, yeah. You know, a multiple national champ. You can't stick that guy a white belt. That's stupid. No. You know, so they gave him a blue belt right away, and they stick him in tournaments. And he didn't even win. Yeah. He did the Pan Am's of blue and didn't win. Yeah. Right. Um, but he was blasted through some guys on the feet. So I, yeah. I agree with that. Like a guy like that, I wouldn't say st- I wouldn't say stick him at white belt. That's that's stupid. But I don't know. Just because you have um, a, a wrestling background, it depends, it depends how long you've been separated from it too. I think there's some value in going at white belt. Right. I really do. Um, I went at white belt. Did you? Um, but you know, my my deal is a little different. You know, I, he's like, hey, you can't. You can't take anybody down. You got to pull. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. So your coach set parameters for you. Yeah, a little bit. You know, gotcha. you got to pull or but so dude, there's times where I when he gets white belts that were decent. Like I pull and then next thing you know they're past me. I'm like oh shit, you know this guy actually yeah. got some talent and they come to find out you know he wrestled somewhere or whatever gotcha. else you know. So then I then I switch back like, to what fuck. I know and yeah. I, I work to win. But you know starting it off maybe at a disadvantage. But no, I think it's it's an individual basis. You can't take everybody and say well you you know you were in a college room for a little while or a couple years or whatever. So right. you have to start here. You know I think it's an individual basis. Gotcha. But there's definitely some value I think. Starting at the at the beginning, depending on who you are. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm like I said I don't, I don't I don't know if I'm ever gonna get there, but who knows? We'll see. Like they're like I said it's, lately they've been, they've been turning up the volume on me. You'll enjoy it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I do. It, it, it like just like anything else competing, it gives you something to shoot for. You're like I'm gonna do it, you know. But because it's you're going against, dude, you're going against other people that are in the same boat as you. Yeah. You know, most people that jujitsu are not the competitors and all that. They're a very small percentage of uh, our gym. It's people like us with, with everyday jobs and families that really want the same things, but maybe they've. I liked it so much. They're like, yeah, I want, I want, I want to compete. Well, most and of the guys that I've run across that that didn't wrestle, they're not like us. No, 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 they're not. <laughs> they're no, no, no. <laughs> out of shape, yeah. or but, no, not even out of yeah. shape. The mentality's different. The mentality's definitely different. Nothing, nothing wrong with these guys or anything like that. But like, like I'm, I'm the only dude that wrestles. There's two guys that wrestle in college that are at the place I go to. One wrestled mm-hmm. Morehead State, then I wrestled at Bakersfield or whatever, and then. Um, uh, there's some high school guys in there, and like like the high school guys, like they had some success or whatever. But like I think I was telling you, it's like no, it's dude. much different. Yeah, it's a like, way different level. Yeah, it's like different. like like I put it on like all those high school dudes like pretty pretty quickly, and I'm like, this isn't high school, dude. <laughs> like like it's gonna be a little different. So and then even like the nine to fivers, like if you take the experience level of like combat sports a little bit lower, like those guys are just like I think they're in there to kind of get a workout, but they're just. They're they're like like you're saying they're new to combat sports. They're just trying to figure that stuff out. And it's yeah. kind of, and, and those are the guys I really take it easy on. Like 
well, well, when I'm in there, like I let them take me down. Like I let them like finish stuff on me. Cause if they get something, I just let them go. But it's like, those guys are in there, I think to build confidence and I'm in there more of a workout yeah. and other stuff. Well, well you had your, you had your competition earlier in life. Yeah. Most people didn't have that. So now it's more of a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's self-improvement. It's self-building. It's yeah. they're getting to experience that now through jujitsu with competing and maybe filling the void that they didn't have or didn't know it was there. You know what I mean? So they're, they're, it's a constant self-improvement for them. And they're getting to get those things now that we got when we were kids. Yeah. And their physical fitness, too. I mean, yeah. you think oh, about yeah. they're sitting behind a desk all day. For that's sure. they're going to the gym physical fitness where we do Everything. the gym at jujitsu plus go yeah. to the academy and work out or go to the station workout or, you it's know, it's like bike mountain club. bike. Yeah. First yeah. rule of jujitsu is you do not talk about it. Yeah. We don't talk about <laughs> it. And like, I didn't talk about it. I, I, I don't talk the about second it. Second rule is you don't talk, <laughs> you don't talk about, about it at all. I don't talk about it uh, when I'm at the station very much either. There's some guys I talk to, but I just kind of stay, stay. Even when I think I had just started when Petrucci, when I roved into 11 and or whatever, and Petrucci, and I just kind of stayed away from the conversation just because I, I don't want to get into it or whatnot. But uh, like I said, I just enjoy it for the fact that it's another game for me to play. And like it now, like especially in the gi, like like you're talking about, like there's so many things to grab. So like traditional wrestling, like like if you're gonna hit a blast double on somebody or outside single, they can just grab a little power or something like that. But now I'm like, that's cool. I'll just adapt my game to a Russian two on one. I'll start I'll start picking you from there and stuff like that. And those guys that have never seen a Russian two on one or oh, yeah. stuff like that in high school, when you start doing that stuff in there, and they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then you just kind of start working everything from there. I'm like, yeah, grab me because you're gonna actually help me pull you into you. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been it's been fun, and I, it's it's something for me. It's a couple couple times a week because I do like the mountain bike and lift and all that other shit. So I don't see it being like that. But I'm glad that like you encouraged me to do it. I'm like fuck, I'm gonna do it after I finish yeah. my master's. Well, I, I don't really know anybody that's gotten into it and went, "Hey, that's not for me." Yeah, everyone seems to really like dive in pretty hard and go, "This this is awesome." Yeah, I wish I would have done this a long a long time ago. Especially if you have a, a wrestling background. Yeah. Well, how many guys do you know that said I, I wrestled like for my first year in high school and then I wish I would have stayed with it? Oh, you know so what I mean? Many, and yeah. then they and they're doing jujitsu now. Yeah, and they're doing yeah. jujitsu now. I think it's a natural part of being a human is is combat. For I sure. think that yeah. and, and, well, some it's in humans, our DNA. Some humans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I really think it is, man. Like it's it's natural. It's 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 all the above things we talked about, physical fitness, therapy, it's just a reset. But I mean, I think it how can you not go through life knowing what you're what you're capable of or having been in, you know, some kind of battle like that. You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that you would go through your whole life and not have ever done that. Yeah. For me too. Like we weren't gatherers. Like our people weren't gatherers. We're our, like, our, like our people were, our people were, were, were hunters. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no, it yeah. strikes that primal chord, man. Well, with, it really does. You know it's, I think it's something that's wired into us. You know, I can't speak super intelligently about it, but right. it's just, it's just one of those things that you so natural and, um, yeah, it's just I think it's I think it's super important, and that's why I think the people that try it out, regardless of the background, don't ever go, "Yeah, that's stupid." They're like, "This is awesome, it, dude." Those <laughs> the, the crazy thing about me is I have all hand me down geese. Like people just give me geese. Like I've never bought one. Man, I was like, maybe I'll buy one. I look, and I'm like, not buying one of those. 180 <laughs> bucks for a gi? I'm like, I just wear all these hand me down pajamas. They work totally fine. Because <laughs> yeah. the other day, uh, so the owner's kid who's who's actually going to wrestle in college, he's going to Minot to wrestle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like. He, we were drilling some stuff, and he's like, he's like, uh, how old is that gi? I'm like, I don't know. Somebody gave it to me. He's like, I think it's ready for a new one. I'm like, is there a hole in it or something? He's like, no. I'm like, well, then why do I need to get a new one? If it's like black and looks like it's gray now. It's been faded <laughs> out for so long. Those are the best ones. are comfortable. Yeah. I don't, I'm just, you I hate it when it rips. Shit. You're like, oh, I retired this one. Yeah, I thought it ripped one day. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to get another hand-me-down gi from somebody else. Because that's what I texted you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, because Mike's a cheap ass. I'm like, hey, what cheap ass gi do you do? You, you sent me one on Amazon. Hey, one of the best gis that are out there is 100 bucks. Really? Yeah, that's what I buy. Awesome. It never rips on me. 
Yeah, that's yeah. what I bought on Amazon. It was eighty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Softest ski I've ever worn. Yeah, this one feels like a burlap sack. But I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, my skin because like you guys know, fucking baby soft Filipino skin. Or whatever. Oh yeah. Like, dude, the first week my shit was all my chest was oh, shaved no. up from everything. I was like, I feel like such a pussy. What happened to me? Well, I thought first, I used to be so tough. The first time I went to to your place, that and I saw the guys with tape on their fingers. I thought it was like a. Like a fashion thing, you know, type of deal. But then <laughs> I want to look cool. Well, then I realized after that day, I had no skin on my knuckles. Yeah, from grabbing the gi and mm. it. Oh, jeez. And so my, you know, they would scab over, and my knuckles were cracking every time I'd go to work. It just you'd crack the scabs. It's like fuck, man. Yeah. Then I, I started taping calluses. my fingers the same way, and and then you start calluses getting, built up. Over and the that, years. and you get the carrot fingers. fingers. Kind of <laughs> you get those carrot fingers. Uh, you see the old jujitsu guys, their fingers, they look like carrots. They have the big, big <laughs> knuckles in the center. You see your yeah, fingers, Jesse. Well, I got one that's jacked up. Every <laughs> yeah, you see? Carrot yeah. fingers. <laughs> yeah. It's from grabbing the gi and, you know, I mean, it's yeah. almost kind of like an arthritis type of thing where it yeah. builds up calcium or whatever in there and it, yeah. you know, but. Um, it's got to be good for you. Crazy. It's got to be. It has to be. But tough we, hands. We didn't even get into some other shit we are going to talk about, like, but that's fine. But how long do you guys think we've been going? I ask everybody this. A couple hours, probably. Yeah, it's two hours. Yeah. feels like 15 yes. minutes, right? Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. time warp. <laughs> yeah, it is a time warp. It's funny, too, because you're sitting here and talking about it. But um, So I'm just going to kind of recap what we talked about. Obviously, we talked about a lot of jiu-jitsu and sports. But for you guys, obviously, you've seen some success at all levels. There's a common theme that I'm hearing in this room. One's accountability. <laughs> like, I hear that often mm-hmm. for not necessarily yourself, or, uh, but, but for your team as well. Um, action-driven or, like, leading from the front. Like, these are common traits I keep hearing from people. Um, the one thing that you guys kind of didn't really touch on, but you, you didn't say it, but you talked about it, was surrounding yourself with higher-level people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse, like, you talked about that. And, like, Clint was in here uh, last week or whatever, and he had talked about the same thing. But being successful means being around higher-level higher people, and sometimes there's good and bad things that come with that. You get humbled. You realize you don't know as much as you do, or you're not as good as as you are. But obviously, you you learn and you grow and you become a better person and leader from those things. Um, and then that's pretty much it. Like, you guys have anything to add to to actually like what made the difference in making you guys successful and everything that you guys have done? Uh, for me, man, probably the, the biggest trait that I think you can that equates to successfulness is being you got to be open minded. I've seen really good, talented, hardworking people bury themselves because um, they won't accept anything new or they won't even entertain the idea of it. You know, I've seen guys that are really, really good wrestlers, like Olympic caliber wrestlers, try to get an MMA. And uh, I'm not doing that ground game. That's stupid because I'm a wrestler or this, right. that, and the other. Or any, any facet in life. Well, I do it this way, and I'm not changing. And they have no reason why. It's just, just, just because. It's, it's always how we've done it. Or that's how I do it. And it's it, whatever, man. Like, right. at least entertain it. Check it out. See how it goes. If you don't like it, man, then you know tailor it how you like it, but be open-minded. Right. If you can't be open-minded, I don't think you're going to be successful in a lot of things because the world's constantly changing regardless of if it's sports, if it's our job. It's, it's, shit's always different. I was going to make a comment about your boy in wrestling. I, I want to tell you before I forget. Um, dude, how much has wrestling changed um, style-wise since we were just in it? Oh, huge. It's the athletes day. are so crazy. Yeah. You, your boy is going to be one of those um, generations where me and you probably look at it and go, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, because it's gonna be it's gonna be a tr- it's gonna be a mix of jujitsu and wrestling and do whatever else they're doing. They're gonna be hitting funky stuff, and we're gonna have we're gonna have no clue. We're, we're gonna have to be open minded. Be like, show me what you just did. Well, that was awesome. So anyway, yeah, being open minded, I think that's a, that's a huge one, man. We both. Yeah, I think uh, being mentally tough and resilient, you know, um, is 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 really important in today's day and age. You know, there's a lot of things going on in people's lives, and uh, even though you may have a 
came from a good background, a bad background. You know, everyone's got their struggles and, you know, hard times and whatnot. So being able to overcome those mentally, which seems to be a big, uh, big problem nowadays. And then just being resilient with life, you know, keeping yourself physically fit, which, you know, I don't want to work out every day, but we need to work out every day. Yeah. You know, because that helps you be to. mentally fit. Yeah, it's like an, it's an addiction, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I have to do it every day, yeah. whether I'm, I want to or not. I'm, I'm more of a dick if I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it definitely clears your head and clears everything else, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so just doing those things, staying resilient, uh, eating good. You know, obviously, I had a couple of medical issues that came oh, yeah. up that made me that. have to uh, eat really, really good. Yeah. Uh, which what is it again? Uh, ulcerative colitis, and then I had a stroke and heart surgery. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. We didn't even know the stroke. Yeah, dude, sorry. So, but, uh, yeah, so having... Yeah, no big deal. Let's put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. But it was like a blessing in disguise, I mean, having that, because now I, I used to eat good, but now I eat even better. Right. You know, and uh, made made it even better. And the heart surgery actually helped my cardio. I forgot My cardio is even too, better right? than it was. It was? It oh, is? my God, it's noticeably better. Wow. Yeah. Because you're working like with a proper heart now? Yeah. Mike Mike had a hole in his heart, for those that are listening. I always knew Mike had a hole in his heart because we spent 100 <laughs> shifts on a rescue together, and he was known as the angry guy, and I was always the happy guy. <laughs> but 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 the doctors actually confirmed that he had a hole in his heart. Yeah. Because quick. Figurative I, yeah, and literal. You, you went to the chiropractor. You adjusted your neck. You think that's kind of what, what, what the Yeah, they, was? they thought it could have been that. Um, they could have thrown a clot um, when they – they, they could have severed a vessel a right. little bit. Um, then I was going to bed, had a stroke, um, sent two clots up into my brain. Um, being young and healthy, the uh, clots cleared themselves, which is what your body's supposed to do. So I didn't have to take a bunch of drugs, but I spent four days in the hospital. They found the hole in my heart, and in October they went in and fixed it And because uh, I was having bad blood shunted the wrong way. Right. When it shouldn't have been for my whole life, so my body kind of... Got accustomed to that. You would have been a national champion if they figured that. Could have been, huh? Could have been. Fuck you with that one. <laughs> Maybe I should compete now. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. <laughs> hey, I'll make you a deal. If I do it, you got to do it. All right. And vice versa. Deal. Just one. Deal. Okay. All right. Deal. Hey, just from an outside perspective, that was a cool deal to watch. Not your health problem, but how you how, <laughs> how you how you handled it. Well, dude, I ran you one day and you were down weight, and I was like, dude, you okay? And you're like, yeah, I got diverticulitis. I'm all fucked up, and yeah. this, that, and the other. And I was like. What do you need? You're like, nothing. Taking care of it. Yeah. Got it under control. Mike kept it pretty tight. Dude, and then the, the, the heart issue, I'm like, bro, like, what do you need? You know, I feel like I want, I want to help, but I can't. Like, yeah. Nothing. This is what I got to do. Here's my goal, and this is what's happening. And, dude, you just you took care of it, and this is what it is now. Like, your, your body's completely different. You, like you said, you eat much better. And, dude, it's, like you said, it's a blessing of skies. And it was cool to watch that from the outside. Yeah. Just in case no one ever, ever told you. No, that. yeah. No, it was it scared the shit out of me because I lost 30 pounds in a matter of months. You yeah, because you were bulking you, up, I remember. Yeah, which makes you think you're dying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, crap and blood and all that other stuff. Yeah. But well, that, 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 That's what I told you to talk about it, because that's where the resilient thing came back. Mm -hmm. like you could have hung your head like, oh, what was I'm me? fucked up. I can't yeah, do this anymore. Like, yeah, no, let's let's get to work. And it was t it was difficult going through those medical things for two years straight. And I was right. always going to the doctor for certain things. And, you know, thankfully, my wife was awesome. And, yeah. you know, my buddies hanging out and doing yep. taking care of me and, you know, work and all that. And yep. so, yeah. Try not to call in sick, but there was a couple of times I had to, <laughs> well, you know? Well, well, I think they would have understood that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I almost died, so I'm calling in sick, so I uh, can't do that. <laughs> but, so, that's good, man. Like, that's, uh, 
the resiliency thing I didn't really even think about, and I think that's kind of that's what it is, right? Wrestling is you just you're resilient. You get your, you get your ass beat. You just get your ass beat. Get back up. Do it again. Dude, it's okay to lose. In For any, sure. In anything in life, it really yeah. is. I hit the, put people as a, just a stigma on losing. I've lost more times than I've won in my life in, in anything. Yeah. And it's just it's just all about how you handle it. You, you either get up and you fix it and you move on, or yep. you, you sit there and dwell on it. And that's the thing. That's the difference between successful people and. You know, too often I think to worry about the actual winning and losing. Oh, I have to win this match, or I have to get this promotion, or I have to do this. No, yeah. you you just do the best that you can do, and everything else will fall in line. I I have learned more with my losses in life than I have in yeah. in, in any of my wins. And like what I appreciate about you guys, because we need to talk about you know the captain's process, but both of you guys went through that, and and even we can take in athletics or whatever. But like when we fail. You guys, the, like one of the things I appreciate about you two is you don't ever go, oh, it was somebody else's fault. You guys immediately go, what did I do wrong? How do I fix this? And like what's moving on? I think that's another big trait about being successful is like you don't blame everybody else for your shortcomings. Yeah, sometimes you get a fucking bad call or something like that, but that's that's rare. Like yeah. most of the time it has to do with your performance or something like well, that. Well, I think it motivates the hell out of you. You know, if you're yeah. like our our type of person, yeah. you know, like with the, 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 the captain's test, yeah, right. you know what I mean? It, when you don't do as well as you had hoped, yep. it motivates the shit out of you to be I saw it in you. even better than yeah. you were before. Yeah, Jesse's going to be a one-timer, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, hey, man, every, every time I'm tasked with doing something that um, really requires me to, to be a captain at work, yeah. when I'm in that role, um, you, you want to smash it. But yep. because of that, yep. you know, um, you know, just last night having a car fire with a possible exposure, you know what I mean? Making sure put point the truck in the right direction in case it has to be scaled and all that technical stuff. But making sure every single time that you're called upon to do that job that you do it right yep. is the motivation I found, um, you know, in where I came out or just in just in general. Like, okay, that's where I came out. That's fine. And, yeah. I, and it's okay to get mad about not doing how you wanted to do, but don't dwell on it too long. You know, you let your let your frustrations motivate you. Absolutely, in every aspect, not just the next time you compete, but in leading up to that. And it's like the wrestling and jujitsu when you get started, right? You were like, okay, here's the problem. Here's how I fix it. Here's the problem. Here's how I fix yeah. it. And then as you become more versed in it, right, the, it just becomes like really fluid. You can just yeah. it's like the chain wrestling where you can just yep. go from here to here to here. Yep. And that's kind of where we're at and what we're learning. So yeah, it's starting to show. And don't make excuses. If you, if you mess up, you mess up. For sure. Just take, Own it, it. take it on the face and go, yep. I did that. And mm-hmm. and you guys have always been very, very good about that. But where can we find you guys on social media? Jesse, aren't you, do you have a pretty sweet Instagram uh, <laughs> named? <laughs> oh, my, yeah, my name on Instagram is at Frank Dukes. <laughs> Fra- like Frankie, Frankie Dukes. From, from Bloodsport. From Bloodsport, yeah. Yes. At, Fra- at Frankie Dukes. <laughs> Me, and then you're. I think you? I think it's AZ Wrestler 145. I can't remember. Yeah, my. I'm I think that's it. Lot. Yeah. But um, real quick with our because with the dog program. Oh yeah, um, yeah, for sure. If people like dogs. Yeah, uh, Mike is. I'll, I'll I'll lead you to Mike is part of the technical rescue team for uh, the Phoenix Fire Department, and he is also now a certified. Well, I don't know what the hell it is, but he basically has. He was put on a FEMA USAR task force. And he is one of very few people that um, trains rescue dogs. So, yeah, so we have. Right? A, yeah, I have a. I'm a canine handler for our FEMA team. Yeah. Um, I have a, rest, a search and rescue dog, Talon, and uh, Talon T A L O N. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a big giant meathead. Yep. Um, he fits in. Yeah. He fits in big time <laughs> for sure. And uh, so they can follow us, the Arizona Search Dogs. Yep. At on Facebook at Arizona Search Dogs or on Instagram Arizona Search Dogs, okay. and uh, we post pictures and all that stuff. They ha- we have a five hundred one c three because the fire Donations, department can't yeah. 
pay for everything for the dogs because right. they obviously require a lot. Right. Um, so we have a 501c3 for donations and that sort of thing. So we'll donate something too. Right on. Reef Builders will. Right so on. Send me the link. Cause Sounds good. I, I love dogs. And if you don't love dogs, we don't listen to this because we don't like you. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> love dogs. <laughs> Jesse's a dog lover too. He's about fifty. I got six dogs. All, <laughs> six all, dogs. All, all, all rescues. Yep. So what happens when you start volunteering at the shelter? Like, oh, I got room. I can bring yeah. this one home. Toughest guys to. are usually the softest hearts. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> all right. Well, Mike Smith and Jesse Forbes. Again, you can find us um, at Make the Difference Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and there's also our website. So um, if you get a chance, review us, give us feedback. Uh, We want to hear it all. Uh, You can find us anywhere you can download a podcast. Um, But thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon.